Welcome, everybody, to episode 81 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Will. I'm Corey. Joining us in studio, filling in for Eric, is Christopher Henry. Welcome, Chris. Thanks for having me yet again. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, Chris has been on a few different episodes. The Farewell SWG episode, Final Fantasy VI episode, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there was another one, wasn't there? Sk- the Skyrim one? Skyrim? Was that the like the marathon one where people didn't listen for like a mar- month after one? That was the marathon one because you and Corey did the spoilers after yeah. the episode. Yeah. And you yeah. guys were both drunk. We were just hammered. And we we both like were talking about completely different things, but <laughs> but, but you related to each other. But we knew what each other was yeah. talking about. Yeah, <laughs> we were on the same wavelength. We were. It was just so for today's episode, we are going to do the next installment in our gaming one hundred and one series on RPGs. Uh, yeah, we're going to be talking, you know, like elements of an RPG, different types of RPGs, history of RPGs, and uh, some discussion on what makes a good RPG and what makes a bad RPG. So. Which is I really like the doing these episodes. Right. Yeah. yeah. What's that? I said I really like doing these episodes because I learned so much. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, doing the research. Yeah. yeah. I do. I learn quite a bit, too. Fascinating stuff, really. Definitely. Yeah. Um, today's February 7th, 2013, too. Uh, teasers a little bit later. We're going to be talking about our four in February progress. Um, also, I'm going to be talking about the Square Enix comments on the console market, how they're blaming it for their poor sales. Huh. Um, and also, we'll, uh, we'll play the Crisis 3 demo, so he'll be talking about that later. But first, let's get into Nibble Bits. Will, why don't you go go, go first? Um, my first one is Ninja Gaiden 3. Razor's Edge is no longer going to be a Wii U exclusive. It's coming to the PS3 and Xbox 360 April 2nd. Um, my next one is Blizzard put up the website for Project Blackstone. Um, and on the website, there's the Terran symbol. So people are speculating it's has something to do with future uh, StarCraft 2 content or something with Hearts of the Swarm. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And my final one is Chris Priestley on the Bioware forums on Mass Effect. Uh, people were confused about the new next Mass Effect, and they're calling it Mass Effect 4. And what he said is to call the next Mass Effect game, Mass Effect 4 is doing it a disservice and seems to cause a lot of confusion. We have already said that Commander Shepard trilogy is over and that the next game will not feature him or her. Yeah. So for the people who thought that Mass Effect 4 would be continuing the end of Mass Effect 3, it, from what Chris Priestley says, it's not going to be like that. Yeah. Shut so, up and get over it, basically, is what you're saying. <laughs> yep, so I'm, I'm, that kinda hope, I kind of hope they're doing the DLC for the indoctrination theory still. Right. Still hoping mm. for it. We'll see. Chris we'll and see. I argued on it on uh, The Hangover. That's right. Let it lie. I agree, Corey. I'm over it. I don't care anymore. I don't Go either. But, <laughs> but other than that, that's all I had. Okay. That's, what, that's what's what. So almost last year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was so, that was so that was last, last year. year. Yeah, it's totally last oh year. My God. Sorry, March of last year. Can you believe that? No. Jeez. All right, Corey, what do you got for us? Uh, the Witcher Three announced for 2014. I'm really excited for that. Me uh, too. So speaking to Edge revealed. Oh wait, no. Hang on. I'm sorry. That's a different thing. Uh, yeah. So Witcher Three 2014. Uh, for PC and probably next-gen consoles, they said something along the lines of the highest-performing platforms or something that kind of hinted at next-gen right. consoles. Uh, they also referenced the Skyrim influence in that it will be a far more op- open world, more like Skyrim, uh, 20%, 20% bigger than Skyrim, Whoa. which is pretty big. Awesome. And 30 times the world will be 30 times bigger than The Witcher 2. That right oh. there is the reason why Skyrim was my game of the year. 
because it became the baseline for all for, yeah, new games yeah. to be compared to. Yeah, Dragon Age Three is going to be yeah. compared to that. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll get into RPG design and yeah, and history and stuff in I'm, our in our next segment. It's, I'm it's really awful. it's like sort sort of fascinating, but. Uh, yeah, so they they also lowered the price of The Witcher and The Witcher Two. I think you can get them both for like fifteen dollars on Steam or Good Old Games. Yeah, both combined for that price. So yeah. I was kind of interested in checking it out. Uh, right now is not a very good time, right. seeing as how I'm trying to get through the four in February. But once March rolls around, definitely. Yeah, it'd probably be a March project. So sources speaking to Edge revealed the following about the new Xbox. Again, you have to take this with a grain of salt because it's just sources that not confirmed. But the new Xbox will require internet connection to function, which is interesting. Uh, we've kind of heard that kicked around in the past, and there were some some analysts that seemed to disagree. I'll get I'll get into that in a minute. But uh, games will still be shipped in physical form, so it's not going to be like just all digital. Uh, but they will ship with activation codes that have quote no value behind initial user, which is interesting. Hmm. I kind of believe it to be honest with you at this yeah, point. It wouldn't surprise me. But uh, there's this dude, Colin Sebastian. He said this a while ago. He said it last summer, I believe. Or maybe not that long ago. May? I don't know. Yeah, my, I don't know. doesn't matter. But Colin Sebastian of Robert W. Baird & Co. said this about uh, banning used games. He said, I think it's very unlikely banning used games, since that would be a perfect opening for a competing platform to gain an edge with core gamers. In addition, the console holders need retail to sell their hardware, something I never never really considered. Mm-hmm. Much more likely is that both digital and physical copies of games will be sold and discs can be traded. By the way, these same rumors always surface before console launches, and they are always wrong. So just to start off that, um, would be a perfect opening for comp- competing platform to gain an edge with core gamers. And I think that was kind of what the, the Sony team was going for when they said they didn't want to announce anything before Microsoft. Uh, because it would be a great opportunity if Microsoft said we're banning used games for Sony to come out and say, well, yeah. we're still going to have used games. Yeah. On our, like that, I mean, honestly, that I, I think would be a selling point for some people. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, yeah, so console holders need retail to sell their hardware. Yeah, I, I never considered that, but that's a good point. You know, mm-hmm. if, if all the game stops close and stuff like that, it's a little bit more difficult for people to get hardware. Yeah. I mean, GameStop, you can trade trade-ins and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so there's that. Uh, games will also ship on 50 gigabyte Blu-ray discs, and a uh, new Xbox will have a new version of Connect, which is nothing new. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of agree with that, because the two major selling points is I always think of when a new console comes out, is like, is it backwards compatible? And you know, then also, will they still be taking used games and stuff yeah. like that and being able to buy? Because who can afford... All these titles coming out yeah. because of how the technology making it so easy to produce stuff now. Yeah. Who can afford all that? Yeah, and I don't even – it's not even buying used games. I never buy used games, but, like, I passed around my copy of Bioshock for a right. while, you know. If someone wants to try a game more than just downloading a demo – because a lot of times you can't get a really good feel for the game just from a demo. Yeah. Um, some you can, some you can't. So, yeah, I mean, borrowing a game from a friend just to try it, right. I don't think they should nix that, you know. But Sorry, Corey. That's just me. No, that's all right. Good discussion. Um, Moving along. Rayman Legends is no longer a Wii U exclusive. Surprise, surprise. Awesome. That was one of the the few games I thought would be good for the Wii to have an exclusive. And and there's a reason for this. It's because, at least in my opinion, it's because they kind of realized, and I don't know what kind of agreement they had with Nintendo, but they kind of realized 
we could sell a lot more copies if we were available on all three platforms rather than just the Wii U that only sold four million. Yeah, rats leave the ship, man. Yeah, it's 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 silly. Uh, so it will now be out in early September for the Wii U, Xbox 360, and PS3. And uh, we had somebody comment on that when I when I posted on Twitter and say now it's a definite must buy. And I agree. I really loved Rayman Origins. That was a fantastic game. And everything I hear about Rayman Legends is is that it's awesome. So yeah, yeah. You, you'll know the the Wii U's in trouble when Mario goes multi platform. <laughs> <laughs> Hot off the press, <laughs> Mario. It's now multi-platform. Okay. Nintendo bets against itself. <laughs> yep, hedging their bets. <laughs> uh, all right, Age of Wonders three announced for this fall. This one kind of slipped through the cracks. I don't think we reported on it at all in our games preview, twenty thirteen games preview, did we? Uh-uh. No, because um, it was just resurrected, wasn't it? Yeah, but it's it's going to be out uh, this fall. Like, September, I think, was the date. Huh. Developed by Triumph Studios, which is the, the studio that did the original, but they also did Over- Overlord. Oh, the- I played Overlord. Mm, yeah, that's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, multiplayer, and multiplayer, I guess, is supposed to be pretty cool. It's a simultaneous turn-based kind of thing. I didn't. I played the first Age of Wonders. I don't ever remember it being, like, a turn-based. Wasn't it like just like an Age of Empires? I think we're thinking of a different game. What am I thinking of? Age of Mythology. Oh, Age of Mythology, you're right. I can't. I think I might have played Age of Wonders. But anyway. I don't think uh, I did. Uh, they're maybe partnering, partnering with Epic, who they also partnered with on the first game. And okay. that comes from an interview on Eurogamer. So Age of Wonders, Triumph Studios, Epic. Sounds cool. Yeah. Whatever. I thought it was Age of Mythology till just now, so <laughs> less, suddenly less interesting. <laughs> and my last nibble bit, Dead Space 3 bug gives you unlimited resources, which is interesting considering the game launched with $50 worth of day one DLC, some of that being the whole resource scavenging thing we talked about last week. Uh, this quote comes from Cinema Blend. It says, The bug, if you're interested in what the bug is, the bug, according to Gamefront's video, can be accessed near the end of Chapter 8. In a shack with a power generator and bunk beds, the player will find a random item on the ground. After the player leaves that building and re-enters, re-enters they'll find a new item has respawned there. This process can be repeated over and over to ensure you have a stockpile of resources for crafting. And I checked earlier today, and it is not patched as of now. So get your resources quick. Yeah, so you don't have to spend your own money on, on them. Yeah. Okay. That everything, Corey? Yeah, oh, that's right. That you said that was your last one. All right. Uh, my nibble bits. IGN.com has been purchased from News Corp by Ziff Davis for under $100 million. News Corp had bought it, uh, bought IGN for $650 million in 2005. So that's quite the loss over wow. seven years, however long that is. Eight years. How do you um, buy IGN for $650 million? I don't know. <laughs> I bet the people at IGN were pretty happy about that, though. Take Good. it. Yeah. <laughs> Woohoo! What is so valuable there? Uh, I don't know. I maybe they thought that IGN was going to take the next step in in gaming news media. Man, did they snow them? Yeah. <laughs> they, they tried. I think. I think Giant Bomb beat them to the to the punch. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Um. But with with that transaction, Ziff Davis also gets Yuga, One Up, and AskMen.com. So there's a few other sites, smaller sites that were involved in the deal. But 
nothing really worth nothing really worth mentioning that I can think. Maybe games. Games for. Uh, it was. I didn't see the exact dollar figure, but everyone's saying it's under a hundred million. I don't think the exact number's been released yet. It's it's like a search engine company buying Ask Jeeves to Google something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That doesn't seem like a good a good investment, but hey, whatever. Maybe he needs a tax write off. You know, it's, yeah. those things happen. Yeah. Uh, for the rest of this week and next week, select Final Fantasy titles will be available for 50% off in the PSN store as part of the 25-year Final Fantasy celebration. So it's a good time to get any Final Fantasy games you may have missed from the older games. Uh, the list list of the, the different games are on, on the website. So uh, there was a few in there that I hadn't played, but I had played over half of them, I think. Will you post that? Uh, I did, actually. It's on did our you? Twitter. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and my last little bit is Ubisoft president Yves Guillemont promised a major overhaul for the next Assassin's Creed installment, including a new hero and time period to be released in the fiscal year 2014, which apparently yes. is any time from April till next year at that mm-hmm. time. So, okay. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's kind of them admitting that they dropped the ball a little bit on this Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Um, without them coming out and saying without it. Without them actually coming out and saying it, yes. I think that's that's there thing so yeah that's my last nibble bit uh so let's get into our weeks i'll go first uh weigh in starting weight last week was 254.8 my current weight is 251.6 so i lost another three pounds oh boy thank you um Ooh. i actually i hit the 20 pound mark too which is also another another uh thank you um i didn't actually think i would lose any weight because of all the crap i ate on super bowl sunday in fact, I ate so much pizza at lunchtime, I gave myself a food coma and I had to nap it off for the next few hours. Well, what you're failing to realize is just what you did your toilet later on. <laughs> I think probably. I yeah. don't recall. I, I blacked it out. At least eight <laughs> It was too horrifying. I didn't want to remember it. So. So how many Kirks was it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kirks. Except it wasn't the so- of the solid variety, probably. Uh, uh, All right, that's uh, enough poop talk. That, uh, that, that went south fast. I'm well, there's sorry. never enough poop talk, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then my for the only other thing I had to talk about is I I went on howlongtobeat.com and. I factored in all the averages for how long it would take me to beat my four in February games. Um, so the average for Super Meat Boy is 20.5 hours. Uh, the average for Saints Row 3 is 25.5 hours. The average for Final Fantasy Tactics is 68.5 hours. And then the average for To the Moon is 4.75 for a total of 119.25 hours divided daily. Um, that means I have to play 4.25 hours of video games every day. There you go, Dan. To, to be able to... I, like I said, average playthrough. Um, I sure hope Super Meat Boy doesn't take me 20.5 hours because I'm about halfway through it already. With I played it like two and a half hours, so if I have to spend uh, 18 hours beating the last beating, beating the last few levels, I will probably kill myself. <laughs> Man, um, that's when like when you're doing at the end, you have to have like a Rocky montage video. You need to record yourself playing these games. I'm thinking about it because I get so aggro. Well, I'll talk about it during what I played. I'm not knocking the game; it's a great game, but it's right. extremely difficult. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I've been working on this week. I've I've pretty much not been sleeping very much and playing video games really really late at night every night. So um, we'll I'll report on exactly what I did, um, you know, later on during the episode so Corey, how's your week it's been it's been good it's been difficult i've been really really trying to put the pedal to the four in february yeah. metal but uh 
burning myself out a little too much. I'm I'm trying to force myself to get through Nino Cooney first. Uh-huh. <sighs> I still don't like it very much. I don't know, man. I just I whatever. We'll talk about it more later. But yeah. uh that's pretty much been my, my you know, I get home from work, I play that till I go to bed and then I get up and go to work mm-hmm. and then all over again. Uh this weekend'll be good because I've got some some time off. Uh Time off, not seeing the girlfriend this weekend, so I'll just be hanging out here in Brooklyn. And supposed to have a blizzard tonight, into or early tomorrow morning into the into Saturday. So I'll be hunkered down. Hopefully, just play some games. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, not much has been going on okay. in life. Went to see my girlfriend's uncle's band in Times Square. Nice. Last weekend, that's always fun because you always feel really important because it's her uncle. So yeah. You get to go backstage and hang out with the band, and we ate their catering with them and, and chat. And they're all down-to-earth guys from upstate New York, so it's not like I'm hanging out with Usher or anything, you know? Right. Okay. So that was that was good fun. Uh, they covered uh, Karma Police. That was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. That was their last song, and everybody was singing. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful. That's and, of cool. course, by that point, everybody's really drunk or stoned or yeah. whatever their you drug can... of choice does to them. <laughs> you can get it on iTunes later. Well, That's fantastic. Yeah. So, so it was fun. <laughs> All right. Fun weekend. But, yeah, other than that, just more <laughs> playing a lot of games, trying to get through the 4 in February. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it, to be honest with you. Okay. I was so stressed out from, like, playing games. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not the – that's not what it's supposed to it's supposed to do. Well, last night or two nights ago, uh, I was playing Nino Cooney, and one of my roommates wanted to play magic cards with me. So I was like, "Yeah, all right." So I left my Nino Cooney up. Oh man, not again! And I kept coming. Yeah, I kept coming back every now and again, and just like touch the controller a little bit so it didn't reset on me. And I'm like, I should just save, and but I didn't. And sure enough, like I come back at one point and it's off. Ugh. Just like, uh, so I had to go back and redo like another hour and a half worth of stuff. Oh God. Ugh. Especially on a game that you don't like very much, that's just brutal. Yeah, and I feel bad. I feel bad that I don't like it. Well, it but I gotta be—I gotta be true to myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you got a hard one to play still in Borderlands. So. That's a long I know, one too. I, I know it. That's a I think XCOM will go pretty easy. Yeah. Well, XCOM is really uh, fun. You'll—you'll you'll won't even realize that all that time's going by yeah, when you're true. playing that. Yeah, but. Nino Cooney's a fucking slog. <laughs> That's why you should have picked like Scribble Knots or something, man. Yeah, your games are all pretty difficult. Oh, I'm gonna pick. make this as hard as on myself as possible. <laughs> Self-flagellation in digital form is what that yeah, is. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. That's why I'm shocked Dan went with Super Meat Boy. That's. I mean, I guess you're you're making good time, but so far, um, not that I didn't get stuck in a few different places, but yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I have a, I have a whole three weeks. So the real litmus yeah, test is the teenager. Early. Yeah, I'm not making good progress either. <laughs> oh boy! All right, so I that's... should post. I should post tonight a updated graphic with what we've beaten. Right? Yeah, yeah. Keep your eyes open for that. That'll that'll go up later if you if you get around to it. Hopefully, we don't finish too late. Right. Right. Because we all got to right. drive. Yeah. yeah, I'm <laughs> banking on a snow day tomorrow. Nice. Okay. Uh, anything else, Corey? No, I'm good. All right, Will, what do you got for us? Um, I actually did quite a bit this week, which is unusual. Um, the first thing is uh, baseball pretty much started again. Uh, we're doing batting practice after school, so basically just going down and hitting and stuff like that. I'm pretty excited for the season. Nice. I can't wait to start playing baseball. Baseball's and... fun to play. It is. It's like a 
it's hard to explain. I don't want to say hangout session with your friends, but it kind of, <laughs> kind is. of is. Yeah, that's how I felt about track. Yeah, I laid on the mat a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's what the spring like for Newark Valley tennis is like that. Yeah. It's the spring sports. Yeah. The did you say you laid on the high jump mat? Chris? Oh God, that's all I did. <laughs> oh yeah, flirted with the goyles. Yeah, and the high jumping girls, they were relatively svelte. Yeah, know? they were svelte. They, you know, they long, they, long they were, legs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, you should say, I mean, you were a long jumper, Chris. Yeah. And uh, not that you were heavy, but you're a big kid. I was I was the heaviest jumper that most people have ever seen. Yeah, me, me included. Um, but, you know, they, I would walk up to the high jump, you know, get ready to high jump, and everybody would start laughing. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, where do you want the bar at? 5'8". Um, and they're like, yeah, right. They thought I was like the fat kid on the doing like a – relay yeah it's like oh that's funny huh look at the fat guy out there <laughs> so and then i jump over it and everybody would be like are you kidding me? yeah well i was an i was an uh, official at one yeah two-year track meets yeah. i think yeah there it was mainly i just threw my head over the bar and in the rest <laughs> of my body <laughs> i was gonna say it took the rest of your body yeah yeah, yeah. But, i was impressed i think you had you did six feet when yeah. i was there or yeah. maybe five five ten yeah something close, around close that. To yeah six. i was i was averaging around then uh, I mean, compared to the guy that we were with, he was getting around six eight yeah. to six seven feet. I yeah, mean, he was a high high jumper. He was he was something else. Yeah. But. Dan, did, Dan, did you cook the books at all? <laughs> no, I didn't want to screw around. <laughs> Chris, Chris jumps five eight, and you write down six eight. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, you did this magical one. Why did you want to set the bar so high? Uncle Bucky uh, <laughs> did did was a rough one one time. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh, okay. He, he put the bar. Yeah, he was cooking times. the books. It was fun. Oh, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think Dan did a little sand trap raking. I yeah, I measured uh, long jump too. Yeah, yeah, and raked raked the trap afterwards. Some they they were skillful raking jobs. I, I think everybody was kind of surprised. <laughs> I was I was one of the few that actually knew how to do it. Yeah, <laughs> my I, time on the golf I'm course. Surprised they didn't offer you a part time unpaid position. <laughs> unpaid position. <laughs> I would have to drive hey, it's an hour. Pennsylvania out. school system. I was going to say I would have to drive an hour south every track meet too. <laughs> yep, yep. You're so. not even getting a can of soda. Right. <laughs> all right, what else you got, Will? Um, the next thing was me and my friends all got on the news, the local news for uh, WBNG. Newark Valley was running this anti-texting and driving program, oh, which is, God. which is a, you know. So I thought it'd be funny to sign up for it because I don't drive and I got a free bracelet, <sighs> so I wear it around proudly. Well, yeah, you're not going to text when you're driving because nope. you don't drive. <laughs> nope, don't have my license. And um, the guy from WBNG was there interviewing kids like on that you know that program. And for whatever reason, the guy had the uh, camera on, like, on our table while they're doing interviews. So we're in the background, and basically we're doing everything but not texting on our phone. We play a, g- a game called Fun Run, which I talked about I think two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. How we play it in lunch, and uh, while the guy's doing an interview, me and my friend were uh, friends were all playing it, and they were screaming and swearing so loud that it got picked up in the interviews. <laughs> 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 and um, at one point, my friend Evan. Jumped up on the uh, table and did one of the Tiger Woods things where he did like that after he won and started mm-hmm. screaming, heck yeah. And they got that on the camera. Nice. And they got us all yelling and stuff like that and like flipping each other off. <laughs> and I was just watching it because I knew the camera was going and I thought it was hilarious. And I just, uh-huh. the guy stopped an interview and took pictures on his phone of our lunch table. I'll speak for your dad now and say you're grounded. Okay. Well, it wasn't me. Oh, okay. Well, you said now they're going to now off. they're going to do a special report on how chaotic Newark, Newark Valley, Valley High School is. That's, yeah. what, that's what we said. How funny it would be if we gave Newark Valley bad press. But do you know what really chaps my asshole about the uh, texting and driving thing is? Is that 
they have voice recognition software that allows you to, to type on computers. Yeah. Why can't they l- put that on cell phones yet? Like, I, there, there is a little bit. It's it, it's a little more complicated than, uh, um, you know, just just like hitting a button and speaking. Right? You used to do it, right, Corey? Here, check it out. Text Chris. I love you. <laughs> Here's your message to Chris Henry. And then it pops up and says, I love you. Yes. Okay, I'll send your message. <laughs> the moment of truth. <laughs> it should, I, I, it should I, come out right. Yeah. If Siri picked it up right, I it mean... should come out right. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Um, I'll get back to you on that, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we got on the news, me and my friends. Uh, two of them were at the Halo tournament. Tom mm-hmm. and Tim, so mm-hmm. that was pretty funny to watch that all unfold. Um, next thing is I got a new phone, uh, the Galaxy S3, which is a phone I've been wanting to get for I don't know, a couple months now, so I finally ended up buying it, and mm-hmm. I love the phone. Mm-hmm. I can—I don't think I'll ever go back to an iPhone. That's mm-hmm. so how much I love it. There's so much you, more you can do, and I kept my like iPhone. What? Emulators. Oh. Legal stuff. Yeah. Which, it's not illegal. It's a, they're in the App Store. Yeah, they are in the App Store. The illegal App Store. No, nope. actually, the regular App Store. Do not go against the Empire. That's why I'm getting a Nexus tablet. That's why I'm getting an Android tablet for my tablet. You can tablet. put emulators on an iPhone. You have to jailbreak it. It's a pain in the butt. Have you ever jailbroken an iPhone? Yeah, you plug it in and press jailbreak. But that's, <laughs> way, that's way, way more effort than I want to give into it where I could just download it. <laughs> but anyway, the Galaxy S3, I love it way more than an iPhone. Okay. Um, it's a solid phone. It's probably it's Android's best phone. Yeah, oh, easily. That's what I've heard. Oh, the, oh, the Galaxy Note 2 is, is a good phone, too. But that's that's all, that's a phablet, as they call it. It's yeah. A, it's a big it's, phone that's almost like I, close I, to tablet size. I looked into it because well, I think it was Jacob said he that I yeah, should get that, yeah. but it was two ninety nine. Yeah. And I didn't have that was enough cheaper. money. Yeah, this was cheaper. And it got good reviews and I know it's you know, competing. I, yeah, very I know a well. few people who have a, a GX three. So I I love it so far. I got it I think Tuesday. Uh-huh. So cool. I'm enjoying it. It's a pain to set it up though. Because of uh, iMessage on my phone, when I put the SIM card into this phone, people from iPhones would still text me, and the iMessages would go to my iPhone. So I had to spend like an hour trying to figure out how to fix that, mm-hmm. and that was a, quite the task. Yeah. Um, next thing is I'm trading in games to get Crisis Three because I played the demo, which I'll talk about a little bit later. Really liked it. Mm-hmm. Me and my friends are all gonna get it. Um, and played Borderlands Two for the four in February. I'll get into my progress with that a little bit later. And the last thing is the floor hockey tournament is starting back up in Newark Valley. Um, it's a big deal in Newark Valley. Yeah. Stuff of legend. It is. And our team is the team going in, so we have a lot of pressure. Um, so far, they haven't allowed any of our names that we wanted to use. We wanted to use the Jagaloons from Semi-Pro. Or, <laughs> no, Step Brothers. Step Brothers. Because the definition is people who lack to show maturity. Wouldn't allow that because apparently... <laughs> A jag is a racist term in Pittsburgh. Really? A what? Apparently, I've never heard of that. In Pittsburgh, what? What? How is that even remotely? Don't know. A, ja- a jag is also a high-end automobile. Mm-hmm. Right. So that somebody somewhere might be offended, guys. That yeah. that's what that's what. So then, and they also want to allow great American youth. Oh, okay. That was that was Corey's team. Yeah. Yep. They didn't allow Dirty Mike and the Boys, which is another term for a homeless people from a show. 
Because they think what? that could be taken from for innuendo. Oh, God. And then they wouldn't allow our name censored because that's going against the establishment. Well, yeah. What? Holy smokes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm writing a letter. They wouldn't let us have censored. That's funny. I was like, that's... really? And now we're all fighting over a team name because no one knows what to name our team. Because... Re- resurrect Team Slayer. Oh, they probably won't allow Team no, Slayer. It, it, it provo- or promotes killing or yeah. something like that. Right. Why don't you like name yourself Team White Kids? Pick team. <laughs> we could. You just go, then, go like, after... are you, now. Now you're a racist for censoring me. Yeah, we're all white. It's not. It's a statement of fact. We're all <laughs> white kids. <laughs> just do a, like a, a, a team name, like a supposedly offensive name, team... American team, like like yeah. the Redskins or, right. or the Blackhawks or something like that. Try that. We could do that name, actually. Name it Judge Advocate General. There you go. Judge Advocate General. No, Corey. They're not Judge Advocate Henry. That's against the military. Well, then you get JAG. Oh, that's a great idea. Judge Advocate go. General Children. We came Reverse up with, acronym. We came up with a couple other funny acronyms, like... Well, I'm not going to say any of them, but... Uh, they we they figured we'd know because of Great American Youth. They would know that what we're getting at, so they they don't. You know what you should do is Fathers Against Rude Television. Fathers Against Rude Television. Fart for <laughs> Try that one. All right, we'll do that one. Because right now we've been fighting over a team name yeah. because all of our ones that we wanted to do aren't allowed. Okay. So that sucks. Yeah, it's it's stupid, oh, but man. Looking forward to it. Starts next week. Yeah. God. Uh, the more I think about, it, the more angered I get. Yeah. No, I know. The more angered I get. I'm with you. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. All right. That all I got. Well, that's all I got. All right, Chris. How about you? How you been? Well, I started since I last was on the episode. I started my own business, mm-hmm. officially incorporated on one eight thirteen. Very Thanks, nice. Will. Sorry, Eric texted <laughs> me and I was reading it. Um, you know that's it's actually a. L- we went through a CPA mm-hmm. just because of. Uh, we well, you want to make your sh- make sure your T's are crossed and your yeah, eyes yeah. I mean, it's a little more expensive, but it's really not all that expensive to, to incorporate. Yeah, and it gives you so much protection, and it makes sure you're not taxed twice. Um, by we did an S corp, mm-hmm. but that's getting into technicalities. Mm-hmm. So I'm uh, officially a partner. Um, either I'm the CFO and he's the CEO, or. Vice versa. It depends on the day. Right, really, right, right, right. Really. right. Um, Which responsibilities you want to take that right, day. Right, So um, moved to Syracuse from uh, Tunkhannock, Pennsylvania. Northeastern PA. Northeast PA, for those who don't know, which is near Scranton, for those office fans out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, But now I'm in Syracuse, got my own apartment, so I went from literally from being 16, living with my parents, to 28 in a matter of a two-hour and a half-hour drive. Mm-hmm. Very nice. That was very liberating. Uh-huh. Um, I can actually tell people that I don't live with my parents anymore. <laughs> right. Um, no offense. <laughs> or me. not have you, to hide it. You had right. to do what you had to do. Yeah, I had to, I had to make it happen. But, you know, trying to – thankful. I mean, I had a girlfriend when I was still living with my parents, but it was you could tell there was something there that wasn't right. Yeah. It was a missing piece of the puzzle. So hopefully that helps. Uh, and, oh, my God. And today was just one of those days – that just everything just falls apart. Yeah, kind of. Um, Those are fun. Yeah, you know, it's just like you got. I got had to pay bills. That's a good way to start the day off mm-hmm. bad. And then uh, I got a text message. 
saying that 90% of my minutes were used. I never, since oh. I've had a phone, had that message. Right. And the last time we had a cell phone problem, it it was my sister because of text messages because she didn't have unlimited text, and that's all she was doing. Well, sure enough, she had quadruple, used quadruple the minutes Whoa. that I use. What? I was, 100 and, I was at like 151. Which is a fair amount. A fair amount. My sister was at 468. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Of wow. our 700. We have 53 minutes. That I mean, you're not charged when it's like mobile to mobile, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. you know, in network type of thing. But she has this, you know, she's just talking to people at all hours of the day, it seems like. And I just was kind of curious to see her other stats. Over 2,000 text messages. Oh, I'm my like, gosh. What? I'm like, holy. I have 900, and I thought that was a lot. Yeah, she's in like. 2,500 to 3,000 range probably on average. My, my last month that I had my, my cell phone, I used five minutes in calling yeah. that entire month. <laughs> I think I talked to my, my mom and my grandma like right. two minutes for one call and three minutes for the other. And, and for just like a litmus test, I checked on my dad. No text message used, two received. <laughs> he had like 11 minutes yeah. used for the month. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Generational gap there. Yeah. But, oh, my God, I was so pissed. So then, you know, I, that got me fired up. And, you know, a couple other things about, uh, like, my credit score that I got mad about and I have to call people on. And then I'm pulling out to come down here. And I always have a story when I come, like, driving here. There's, yeah. like, the last time it's like, I had a fire and I had to go this crazy route. And I thought these rednecks were going to, like, you know. Yeah. Got a part of mouth there, uh, <laughs> uh, but this time I'm backing up. My my new place has a really long driveway, and you could fit like four cars, but it's really narrow because it's sandwiched in between houses. Uh-huh. So you have to be really careful. And my driveway was a little snowy and icy because it's Syracuse, and there's always snow. Yep. Backing out, freaking clip my left mirror, what? and it pushes it in the opposite direction it should be. It's like Ooh, you, bends it backwards. Yeah, yeah. It's like your your finger and it's like hitting you're like, oh, 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 yeah. you know, and I'm like, oh no. And I uh, so I chipped the the plastic casing on it, thankfully, and my, my mirror which just hit my my mirror just bent backwards and I was able to put it back in place pretty easily. Yeah, I think they they're supposed to snap forward, right? Yeah, just, yeah. just in case that happens. Yeah. But still broke the casing uh, a little bit. Broke the casing and you know, I'm there's some very few things I'm a perfectionist about. Video games is one of them. And just, like, the way things look is another thing. Like, you know, it's driving me nuts that my, my phone case is just complete and utter wreck. Yeah. That's my fault. Right. You know? Right. But, oh, God, I was pissed. Okay. But other than that, everything's going good. You know, the, right. my brother's wedding, all that good stuff in Punta Cana. got out of the country. Uh-huh. And, oh, yeah. So, yeah. Very nice. It was good. It's been been okay, besides me clipping my effing mirror before coming here. We'll go to the junkyard and get a new one. Yeah. Then we can dodge dogs and stuff. got to be a matching color, though. Right, you wouldn't um, want yeah. a different yeah, color. Yeah, because that would Or just get two me. black ones. Come on, Dan. Dan. What? That's key. True. No, as in, like, key is the color. Oh, the color is yeah. key? Now you have to know that black is actually key black. That's why the CMYK, uh-huh. that's key is black. Okay, there you go. We as designers have to know. <laughs> All right, so we're going to take a quick break and be right back with our main segment. The music you're going to be hearing during the break is by the band The Meat Purveyors, the song Circus Clown. So we're going to be right back right after that. Uh. I kept the plate spinning 
Welcome back, everybody, to episode 81 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. Uh, as I said before the break, we are doing the next part in our Gaming 101 series on the genre RPGs. Um, it's my personal favorite game genre. Probably RPGs are what has kept me playing games for so long. Um, but before we get started, uh, well, before we get too into it, I'm going to go over the elements of uh, in an RPG. They're taken generally from pa- pen and paper RPGs like, like D&D. Um, those are where where the at least the initial RPGs got their their start from is they they were trying to emulate that in in, in game form. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first element being story, obviously, um, it usually involves the character or characters venturing out to solve a conflict, which they can be chasing down a villain to save the world or society or et cetera, whatever whatever the game setting happens to be. Um, that's the the story element, obviously. That's Story is what makes a good RPG. Um, one of the things that makes a good RPG, anyway. Uh, character progression, which means you need some sort of leveling up or ability to gain new, new, uh, new abilities or or weapons, whatnot. Uh, inventory management is another one. Uh, items, potions, new weapons, armor, quests, new weapons, armor. My notes didn't come out right on my phone for some reason. Uh, yeah, inventory management is you know managing obviously items, potions, new weapons, and armor, uh, upgrading your equipment, etc. And then quest missions slash exploration. Um, in addition to the main storyline, obviously the the side quests and missions usually not related to the story, um, and can be completed or not. Those are the the four main main elements of an RPG that I've found. So, uh, Corey, you want to get us a little bit into the history? Oh boy, where to begin? Yeah, there's a it's a long and storied history. Why not? Why not begin at the start? Um, this is gonna be kind of hard to go through, so bear with me. I'll I'll kind of try and keep it topic to pop topic. So, like Dan said, it began. Can you guys hear me? Okay. Yep. 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 You're good. Like Dan said, it, it sort of all began in the uh, '70s with computer text adventures based on pen and paper RPGs like D and D. Um. <clears throat> but it was also influenced from all sorts of strategy board games and, and war games of the time that were, were pretty big back in the day. Now, now, Corey, those text-based adventures, they were called MUDs, correct? Yeah, that's that's one of the... Yeah, there's lots of different... I, I kind of tried to stay away from the, the acronyms and type of ah, RPGs gotcha. for, the, for the history. Okay. But, yeah, no, that that's, that's definitely one of them, yeah. Um, so they also borrowed a little bit from the structure of ancient literature, uh, Wikipedia pointed to the Epic of Gilgamesh, uh-huh. and it's just this idea of setting off on multiple quests to achieve a single goal. 
So the largest consumers of D&D in the 70s were college students who at the same time were also discovering the magic of computers, which is why a lot of the first RPGs that we had, these text-based RPGs that we had, were written and developed by uh, college students. Like Dungeon, which is written in 1975, and one called Dungeons and Dragons, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, which was just kind of sort of a ripoff. So Dungeon was an unlicensed implementation of D&D, but it had everything the D&D series had, uh, like experience, skill systems. Uh, it was mainly text-based, but it was the first game to use graphical line of sight. So, you know, these creative college nerds who love D&D were making D&D on the computer, but making a little, uh, making it a little bit more immersive, hmm. which is the goal, right? For yeah, games, absolutely. Right. And social for me, right? for me, immersion definitely. Well, yeah, if you're Zynga, social. <laughs> <laughs> classic. Okay. Um. So yeah, time progressed a little bit, and and I'll I'll jump back and forth where it makes sense, but. Uh, the first console RPG was actually a game called Dragon Stomper. And there, some people will argue this, but the earliest one I could find was called Dragon Stomper on the Atari 2600, and it came out in 1982. Wow. wow! Yeah. Dragon Stomper follows the adventures of a dragon hunter who is given a quest to slay a dragon and reclaim a magical amulet. Uh, but it, too, had gold. You earn gold and experience to level up. There were shops to load up on equipment. So, again, like you can see all these things that were borrowed from pen and paper, particularly, particularly D&D. Uh, and actually, interesting little tidbit, in 2005, Ed Lynn, writing for Forbes magazine, declared that Dragon Stomper, declared Dragon Stomper the best title ever made in the history of U.S. video gaming, citing its ingenuity in multiple ways to solve problems. Really? It's really, really kind of interesting. I mean, if you think about it, all the games that were before that, and then all of a sudden you have the first RPG right. for the console to come out, I could see how it would kind of feel revolutionary, you know? Especially, yeah. with, like you said, if it had all those different elements in it in that on that system. I mean, mostly yeah. if you're playing Pitfall, it's it's move and jump, you know? That, that's all you, yeah, exactly. That's, that's all you have to to work with. So if you have a game that complex, I could definitely, definitely agree with that. And yeah. it was also a very good candidate for Will's floor hockey team name. <laughs> dragon <Very> stomper <laughs> that's offensive to dragons yeah we'll offend dragons Chris come on I know I forgot mythology is a new kind of minority in this world yes <laughs> okay go ahead Corey so the mid 80s and early 90s saw a slew of good RPGs with richer stories and sharper gameplay as people became more experienced and, and the, as these developers became more experienced in what they were doing they were able to make these superior RPGs um, but it wasn't until the first successful RPGs, the, the ones that went really mainstream, uh, console RPGs anyway, were Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was at that point that the genre kind of officially split into what we know as JRPG and Western RPG, which is an important distinction to make. Yep. And part of it was due to the cultural differences, but uh, one thing I never thought of, and I only realized while researching, another reason was because of the divide between the console and the PC. Mm-hmm. The Western developers were making PC RPGs. Mm-hmm. Japan was also making PC RPGs, believe it or not. They had, they had a lot of PC RPGs, but their PC RPGs didn't port to the U.S. PC 
games. Mm. So they were making console RPGs that did port to the United States install base. You know, the United States had Sega and Nintendo and all that stuff. So, you know, it made sense for Japan to obviously localize these for American audiences because the hardware was already there for them, whereas the PC ones weren't. Okay. So the golden age of the Western RPG ended in the mid-90s which is interesting because it's simultaneously to the sort of rise of the Japanese RPG. Um, I mean, if you guys can think of mid good you, good Western uh, RPGs in the mid-90s, the only think of any? Secret of Evermore. Was that a Western RPG? Yes, it was. I watched a video on it earlier. That's, uh, that's the only one that yeah. I know of. I mean, really... Most of the RPGs I can only think of right now are JRPGs back yeah. in the What about yeah. when did the first Fallout come out? Well, that was the late 90s. Yeah. I'll, You'll yeah. get to that? Yeah, I'm going to get there. Okay. Um, so, yeah, the golden age of the Western RPG ended in the mid-90s as the JRPG sort of took off. Uh, part of this was because JRPGs were more action-oriented uh, and more accessible and a little bit faster-paced. Western RPGs were a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. So, and, and at the same time, uh, action action games in general are becoming more popular, along with first-person shooters. Uh, so, I guess, the, apparently the reason why uh, Western RPGs couldn't really, especially PC RPGs, couldn't really keep up with the console Japanese RPGs is the rising cost of production. Uh, they couldn't really, the way they were structured to make games couldn't keep up with what the hardware was capable of at the time. So, they were they were kind of antiquated in that their development teams weren't prepared to put in the time and money to make the superior quality games that the Japanese console developers were able to make, given the hardware that they had. Now, quick question. Uh, The Dragon Warrior series, that was Western, right? Dragon, it it was, there was Dragon Warrior, like, one and two for Nintendo. Right. Dragon Warrior is the is the American title for it. It's it's Dragon Quest in Japan. Wow, okay. Um, but I think they just, Dragon Warrior just merged into Dragon Quest starting on Super Nintendo, I believe. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's why I was just kind of, like, that's why I was fuzzy. And I yeah, but, yeah that, that's a Japanese one, too. Flapjack, see, I told you. <laughs> just all Japanese, and that was in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> So if if you look at the the sort of decline of the Western RPG that was popular in the 80s relative to the RPGs that we see today, um, we see a lot of influence of in, – in RPGs today, we see a lot of action game influence and a lot of first-person shooter influence in our RPGs. And part of that is just because Western RPGs had to adapt to what was popular in the mid-90s and early 2000s and stuff, and that's kind of what we're seeing now with the resurgence of... Yeah, yeah, and it speaks a lot to the culture, because, um, I mean, it's really weird to reference Back to the Future, but when uh, Marty McFly goes back in time and is talking about Doc, Doc and the Doc, and Doc's like, oh, no wonder why this broke, it's made in Japan, and then Marty McFly's like, well, all the best stuff is made in Japan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> so it's like this, this whole, you know, permeating culture of Japan creates better technology, yeah. so yeah. and yeah. more and cheaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. So, yeah. Um, so just to just to go backwards a little bit from where we were, so games in general were changing. As I said, games were becoming more action oriented, more first person shooter oriented. The RPG was kind of falling behind, especially the Western RPG. Um, and and in general, games became darker, 
faster, more accessible, and more cinematic. And I read an article on IGN. I'm not sure who wrote it, so I wrote it, so I can't give him credit. But uh, in terms of games becoming darker and more cinematic, he points to Final Fantasy. The author points to Final Fantasy VII, uh, and, and you think of that moment when Sephiroth kills Eris. It was kind of a uh, just a industry defining moment in a lot of ways. Yeah. Because Final Fantasy VII was was probably one of the first cinematic games, right? I would I would say so. I mean, at least that I played. I yeah, I, I mean, I can't. Prior. I really can't think of any. I mean, I'm sure there's that obscure title that yeah. heard that is probably out there. Yeah, but, but the Final I mean, Fantasy was mainstream. Yeah, the right. super alternate will be like, so let me just remind you about this title from Japan. It was released for <laughs> just one month period. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yep. <laughs> exactly. So. Up until the mid-90s, RPGs were typically single-player experiences, but that kind of changed with uh, the SNES's Secret of Mana, which was a pretty standard RPG for the time, but you were able to play with your friends. They were able to control some of the characters because that game was a little more action-oriented. And also PC's Diablo, which was the one one lone light in the mid-90s for for Western RPGs. Um, I know Dan brought up Secret of... Uh, Evermore or whatever, but yeah. In terms of PC RPGs, you know, right. Diablo was really mainstream and, and huge in a lot of ways. Right. I mean, people sometimes still go back and play the old, the old Diablos. Yeah. yeah. Diablo two is you can still buy the Diablo two battle chest. Right. It's been Walmart. Fifteen years. I don't know how long has yeah. it been. Uh, it came out in two thousand one. Yeah. I, I play Diablo two every now and again. Yeah. Walters. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, that speaks. But to you the... see, that's where they messed up. They shouldn't shouldn't have gone multiplayer because they have to realize most of their fan base doesn't have any friends. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I know I didn't have many when I was growing up. Yeah, but <laughs> these, these multiplayer RPGs sort of let us, uh, you know, coupled with the internet into the MMORPG. Ah, right. Which even further kind of sucked the life out of the Western RPG with, with these MMORPG, the, the the traditional Western RPG, I should say, because a lot of MMORPGs are Western. Yeah. Ultima Online was the first to capture a worthwhile amount of gamers, and then EverQuest sort of cemented the the MMORPG genre as a, as a mainstay. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. How many hours, like, collectively, EverQuest won? I don't know. Disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes my girlfriend probably want to break up with me if she heard it. I mean, it 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 genuinely broke up marriages and stuff like that. Oh yeah, I mean, something that World of pe- Warcraft continues. Pe- like know. guys were losing their jobs and their wives would divorce them, or they would find some like digital love of their life online, yeah. and then they found out that person was a dude, and so they would like commit suicide <laughs> or something. And oh, like seriously, it's yeah. like it was like a major like they didn't as like a from in terms of a psychological standpoint. Like, psychologists were just baffled. It's like, wait a minute, we've never dealt with this. Nerd yeah. just offing themselves over digital love affairs? It's like, yeah. whoa. <laughs> Break, breaking new ground. Yeah, it was like, I mean, it, it's not just, like, what it did to video games. It's what it's done to us as a culture. Yeah. The MMO can arguably be, like, in terms of social media, one of the ground-breaking innovations in, yeah. in technology. Mm-hmm. Sorry, it's it's our future. It's yeah. Matrix. It is. I'm cool with that, though. <laughs> I'm cool with that, too. If I could immerse myself in, like, the Guild Wars world. Oh, that would oh, be great. God. I would float around in liquid naked with tubes coming all over. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's not like it's going to, like, 
make my appearance any worse. You know, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> and if anything, I can download something better. You know, uh-huh. I had a, I had a. This is going a little off topic, but I think we've been on topic for the most part, so I can stray away a little right. bit, right? Right. Oh yeah, yep. go for it. I had a, I had a moment the other day, and I thought to myself, what if. I forget what I was thinking. I was thinking about people with, uh, like, disabilities or handicaps of some sort. And I was thinking to myself, what if there is a whole other uh, sense, like a whole other dimension of existence that me personally am, am handicapped to experiencing and nobody can tell me that I'm handicapped to experiencing it because I just don't operate at that level? Corey, you shouldn't Ooh. be reading out of your dream journal. On air. You know what I'm saying? So, like, all you guys are living, you guys have this whole other dimension of thought and experience and all this stuff, but you can't, you can't explain it to me because I am unable to, exp- like, Com- not comprehend. Well, well that's but... Corey. That's just perception. What we're, what you're talking about is perception. Is we will, I will never truly, fully understand Dan's perception of the world because I can't be in Dan's head or eyes and is right. and, and who Dan is. Like you're 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 just talking about perception and, and it's like really hard to get your head around and, and you're right. You can't communicate your perception and when people challenge your perception that's when you generally become defensive or argumentative. Yeah. No and it go I mean that's that goes back to the whole philosophical thing of not being able to prove that anything is real. Well I yeah. think that well Descartes kinda did that is uh, I think therefore I am. Right. Yeah, I mean, you, you, there's always that. Corey, I don't know. It's just... Corey, the government's going to come get you tonight. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're toast. <laughs> right? I don't know. It just freaked me out. Like, too, too get in that. line, Corey Murtha. Too close. <laughs> anyway, that's that's a... They're going to shut your brain off. Yep. You're, you're going to be discharged from the system. No, they'll just shoot me with the heart attack gun and I'll be dead tomorrow. Nope, nope. Uh, the Matrix, they're just going to hit this little lever and it's going to flush you down into a pool of just nothing. And you're just going to be there, and you're going to be out of the system. It's cool. We all enjoy it. That's freaky. Um, so I was on – this is still off topic, but I was on Reddit the other day, and it was like, Reddit, what kind of dreams have you guys been having? And so many people had this one dream. I've never experienced this one dream where they they feel like – it's hard to explain, but they feel like they are in another dimension and, and – feel like they're one with everything in this dream the synthesis option in the mass effect 3 and and then when but when they wake <laughs> up it's like it's like it like terrifies them because they feel so one with the universe and then they wake up and it's like they're like scared and like i don't know it's it's kind of hard to explain but have you guys ever had a dream like that no i think that's called an acid trip i was just gonna say what <laughs> it's like that dream i had when i was on that acid <laughs> trip when i was on that people, acid trip that's what the other people said. They're like, yeah, you can experience that on acid or on shrooms. And right. then they argued about which is the better way to experience well, it. Well, just so people kind of understand um, a little bit about the physiology of what you're talking about, Corey, is that dreams are a hallucination. And a lot of the reason for that is is like sometimes you just have like a certain chemical balance in your head that will cause you to have this feeling of euphoria or of oneness. Um, I can't get into the like complexities of it because I'm not an expert, but that's basically what you're talking about is because it'll all f- often permeate into a physical form where like you know how when you feel like you're falling in a dream and you almost kind of bounce. Well, that's because like the chemicals in your body are saying, "Oh, you want to bounce falling, on your yeah. bed, yeah," and you're gonna you feel like that's the right response. So 
Then why do I feel like when I'm running, I run really slow and in some dreams? Right, and that's and is that's, that just? It's all just the way your brain's working, cooling down. I mean, it, I mean, it's dreams are so complex, and um, there's whole you know a whole field dedicated called psychology. But um, you know, it's jive. <laughs> that's what drugs are for. That's uh, there's a time and place for everything. Will and it's called college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, but I'm going. That's why soon. I'm going to come join you at college. <laughs> right. That's why we're all going to come join you at college. <laughs> sit in your dorm room with our in our underpants. Uh, that we were supposed to do with Denise, but never oh. did. Oh yeah, we never well, embarrassed Denise. Yeah, either. we didn't. The but. funniest part is all my friends will be doing that too. Right. So. Well, then we can't go because they're all all they'll all be eighteen, so we're cool. Um, so anyway, back on topic. Back on topic. <laughs> yeah. So we were talking about MMORPGs. Yes. Uh, <laughs> MMORPGs kind of kind of led the way into the current generation in terms of RPGs, but I feel I feel like recently we're seeing a lot of of good good RPGs. Yeah. Uh, you guys feel free to, to agree or disagree. That's just my own opinion. Yeah, I, th- I think that they're starting to get that not everything is uh, needs to be grinding. You yeah. know, everybody thought that it was uh, the challenge was in the journey a lot, but no, it's just don't be lazy. Create new challenges. Give us more content or whatever. Yeah. Don't don't be you know lazy and rest on your laurels. Um, I know. Uh, like the original EverQuest and EverQuest Two were like that. I mean, I enjoyed those games immensely, but when you play a game like Guild Wars, you're like, "Oh, life could be like this." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's kind of like when you first get out of you know you visit your rich friend in a mansion or whatever, and like they're like butlers are. Co- I mean, this has never happened, but you see in movies, butlers are coming up. It's like, "Whoa, life can be like this." Yeah. You know, you go to New York City, you're like, "Whoa, like people live like this all the time." Yeah. You're surprised by it yeah it's just like well huh i think i kind of dig this you know but at the time we didn't know any better right so i think i agree with you Corey. there i think the whole uh putting going from that the that mud style text system to uh like the everquest and uh i, I don't even want to say the warcraft yeah type stuff um that that like it was kind of them trust trying to reconcile the visual with the the game dynamic. Huh? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, well no, that's always kind of been a the balancing act between and a lot of people knock like uh Final Fantasy 13 for being too too cinematic um and in like the Metal Gear Metal Gear games where you're basically you're watching more than you're playing. Um but anyway, I'll I'll move along. So Especially in speaking to RPGs, a lot of just games in general nowadays have RPG elements because yeah. it is a it is a good way to keep people engaged. Absolutely. And, and I mean, you can even look at sports games nowadays with the character progression, like player progression. You know. Yep. Yeah. It's RPG elements are in everything nowadays, and it, it's kind of it's 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 kind of hard to to define the RPG today relative to the RPG of of your. Yeah, because there's so many different elements that go like like you said. There's a lot of uh, RPG elements that go in other games, but like there's so many hybrid genres now too of our RPG action games and you know RPG FPSs. Yeah, there's so many different uh, hybrids of just the standard even uh, standard RPG genres that I didn't list because there's too many. Right, and but that still goes to the uh, point where you were saying like story. 
I think we all can agree is huge for an RPG. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what the interactive dynamic is, as long as character development and story is there. Yeah. You're solid. Yeah. Um, so just kind of going back, that that was kind of the history from a Western perspective, but I thought it would be interesting to kind of look at it from a Japanese perspective. You can speak Japanese? I think I'm turning Japanese. <laughs> I really but, think so. <laughs> so, so whereas you know, Western RPGs have kind of learned their lessons and have evolved, and I think are really taking off. I feel like JRPGs at this point in time are kind of struggling with their identity and trying to f- figure out their their place in the in the in the world. I mean, they're always going to be good in Japan, but uh, from a global perspective, I, I feel like they're they're kind of struggling a little bit th- at this point. Yeah, I honestly wish my with, with a few exceptions. Oh, Dragon's Dogma. Dragon's Dogma, but that's a Western style RPG. That's not a you know a Japanese a Japanese style RPG. Right, but what's interesting about it is that it it's a Western style RPG, but it was developed right by, by Capcom. Yeah. Is Capcom? Do you think there'll be like ultimately a cultural merger? I mean, we might be going off topic, or like a cultural merger where it's like there's no Western and, and, and Japanese. Probably uh, as the world be... gets more globalized, I'm sure that's going to happen to at least to some extent. Right. Because sometimes, like, I know there's just some things that are just the way because it's, like, the golden mean. It's, like, yeah. everybody, everything, everybody can kind of get that concept, and I think that's kind of what's yeah. happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but just briefly, I'll, I'll, I'll look at it from a Japanese perspective. So, as I said, it's not necessarily true that Japan's gaming past is console-centric because they had a lot of PC stuff. We just didn't see it over here. I'll... Yeah, like I said, they had a lot of PC games, but the few that were ported to the U.S. for consoles were ported due to the hardware differences, as as I mentioned before. Um, even even Japanese PC games were ported to the U.S. on the NES, the consoles, because it was just easier for them. So the reason, one of the reasons for the differences in the types of RPGs is that early on, uh, Japanese PC games, uh, their PC systems were higher resolution. And the reason for that, this is interesting, the reason for that is because it needed to, they needed to accommodate for the Japanese text, which is very small characters yeah. clumped together. Yeah. You needed a higher re- resolution to be able to distinguish one from the other. No, I mean, I, I mean, this might be a little more technical than what you're you're talking about. Was it because the uh, J, uh, the Japanese RPGs, they were more like, vec- like vector line work than, say, like a Western uh, lang- typography where it's more... Uh, like pixelated and digital. Well, I think what what he's trying to say is like, especially you know, when you used to play games on an old nineteen inch TV back in the eighties, <laughs> um, it, it was hard to, to fit as much Japanese writing because it's so intricate, yeah. as opposed to the the English letters that are you know pretty simple, especially as compared oh, okay. to the the Japanese alphabet. Right, that's where you're going. Yeah, well, and yeah, in that that higher resolution uh, on a monitor. Had- had to accommodate for sort of impacted their their game design. Right. Oh, uh, okay. Um, and, and Japanese computers also utilized the Yamaha FM synthesis soundboards, and they've been doing that since the early 80s, which kind of accounts for the expertise, if you want to call it that, of chiptunes in the early JRPGs. Uh-huh. They, they, have, they had been working with 8-bit music long before, you know, the West was. Um mm. Maybe not, maybe not long before, but you know, to to a greater extent than the West West was. That's why we we heard such great music in the early Final Fantasies and stuff like that. Is that they were just so much more experienced, and there were great composers working on this stuff. So along with the graphics and the sound, it was more about spectacle with the with the JRPG, which we even kind of see until to to this day. Mm. Um, 
and also early Japanese RPGs were influenced by the visual novel, um, which is an impor- important distinction, I guess. In Japan, there's the visual novel and the adventures, uh, but when in the U.S., we just clump them together. And basically, I forget which game it was, but they had like visual novels built into it. I, I want to say like uh, it was an RPG, Japanese RPG. It was, I think, it was an Xbox launch title, Lost Odyssey. Yeah. Could be. I think it was Lost Odyssey had the the visual novels built into it. Yeah. Um, so whereas we were influenced by D and D, they were sort of influenced by these these visual novels. Huh. Um. You know, again, it it kind of goes back to spectacle and in, in, in and that's they... like just China, Japanese culture in general. Like it's always been about the spectacle and. Yeah. Whereas in the West, it's about shooting stuff. <laughs> That's not, no, it's like the the Western, you know, cowboy. It's just like yeah. rugged yeah. individual. Yeah, rugged yep. individualism. Davy Crockett. Yeah. And just to to finish up, the earliest RPGs in Japan were released by Koei. The first being The Dragon and Princess, which was released in 1982. Koei has been around that long. Are they still around? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know yeah. what they're doing now, but they're still around. So the Dragon and the Princess came out in 1982 for PC 8001, which was one of the NEC computers okay. in Japan. Nice out. And then uh, PC RPGs sort of declined in the mid 90s as consoles took over. It was just an easier way for them to make more money, considering they were all in the West and and all that crap. And uh, to, to close it off, I feel like nowadays we're sort of in the postmodern era. Of RPGs, where in these indie developers can show up and make some like self-aware retro RPGs that people love for nostalgic reasons, um, but they're also they're also really well written. In yeah. you know, there's not necessarily interesting gameplay, but there doesn't need where to be. we're at right now. It's the, it's the South yeah, Park. It doesn't com- need to be it's the South Park concept. Yeah, they have computers that can render like 3D models beautifully. But they have these paper doll type <laughs> yeah. things that are exactly <laughs> as long as the writing and characters are good, it's right. it's fine. Well, and I think um, what you're talking about too, Corey, it was part of the reason why the the Japanese uh, games kind of tapered off there for a while. It was because do you think it might have been because of shipping and international trade type of issues that are jacking up costs? And you mean you mean recently or in the when I when... would. Like once after the, like the the Japanese games were on the rise, I would say probably like in the early aughts. I would say probably not. I, well, I think it was a great opportunity for them to make money well, okay. with with us us stupid Americans just buying up any Nintendo game we could get our hands on. Okay, so what I, I should say probably, I guess okay that yeah recently is probably what I was more referring to. I think recently is just that the. Globally, people aren't latching on to JRPGs like they are Western RPGs. It's just you just think it's purely cultural, nothing because I don't of... think it's cultural. I just think they they're used to making a certain kind of game that people don't really right. want to play anymore. Right now, um, now that the consumer has a lot more options that they used to. Right. Um, yeah. I I don't think the games are as as good a quality as they used to be either. If that makes any sense, at least not in the elements that I'm looking for. Right. Well, yeah. Game. Right. I mean, do you yeah. know what you I'm need saying? To make well, that distinction like too. I'm talking more like, uh, like, do you think it's distribution at all? Now, I don't think, it's, mm, I don't think it for, has anything to for do now. Else. No, no, but even earlier. Yeah, earlier probably. Because I was just thinking that, like, if you can, just, if you have, 
if you have easy distribution to your marketer, you're a- much able to more able to influence culture. Yeah. And if you're able to in- influence the culture, then that's what makes you predisposed to gravitate to a certain game. Yeah. So that's why, you know, the ja- like Corey was saying, the Japanese will always love Japanese RPGs because it's something they're that there. was easy. Yeah. They're there. Yeah. yeah. They're there early and often and hard. And where Western RPGs, it's like that's, you know, early, often, and hard, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. I see your point. Well, I mean, uh, in terms of, I don't know. I think I think a lot of it is is still cultural differences. The yeah. the Japanese gamer prefers a certain type of game, right. and Japan is more prepared to deliver that type of game. Right. Uh, and likewise in in the West. And when I say the West, I usually mean the United States because <laughs> those are the two juggernauts, right? Japan and the U.S. Yeah. yeah don't don't care about England. Oh, are there well, any well, RPGs coming out of England lately? Lionhead. They make they made Fable. <laughs> good, good, good point. <laughs> Fable, Fable, Fable Two was good. Yeah, Fable Two was good. Fable, 3, I didn't mind Fable Three too much, but yeah, I like being the king. <laughs> yes, there's uh, more. There's probably more than we're giving them. Credit. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah just right. unprepared. Um, I'm Switzerland Lionhead. No, but the, like France has some game development, and then CD Projekt Red is in Poland, right? Who makes The Witcher? Oh, okay. Which which yeah. people in the West love? Yeah. Right. So yeah, and it might because we're I mean for the most part a lot like well, most Western of us Europeans. are yeah Western Europeans yeah. and like may uh, you know Slavs I yeah. mean, we're a bunch of Slavs here right <laughs> um, <laughs> you know and yeah. mix I'm a mix I mean <laughs> yeah same here that's my other half uh, yeah I found out that I was mainly mix so okay uh, so is that all you got Corey. Yeah. All right. Well, let's. I mean, let's get into defining the different the different subgenres for RPGs. I mean, obviously, we we talked a little bit about the, about the massively multiplayer online role playing game. It's played in a persistent online world where interaction with other players is vital to accomplish in game goals. Obviously, there's games like World of Warcraft, Guild Wars Two, Star Wars: The Old Republic, Terra, and a little old bit older of uh, one, Star Wars: Galaxies, which I have to bring up in most episodes <laughs> in one way or the other. <laughs> Um, the action RPGs or ARPGs are story-based games heavy on the combat elements and generally focused on one character. These are games like Diablo, Legend of Zelda, Torchlight, Borderlands 2, and Mass Effect, which are kind of newer versions of the ARPG. Um, there's the tactical RPGs or strategy RPGs, as they're also called, which infuse strategy elements into the RPG genre, usually having the player move characters around on an isometric map. Emphasize battle strategy and not usually big on exploration. These are games like Final Fantasy Tactics, Disgaea, Valkyria Chronicles. Those so, are some awesome games. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, I, that's not as popular, obviously. Of a, of a. I think that's my favorite genre. Yeah. Do you think? Is the strat the tactic R- it's, tactical it's like RPG chess? In a role-playing setting, right. yeah, I yeah. think I saw it somewhere described as power chess. You know, yeah. is is basically what it is. So yeah, because sometimes exploration can get just tedious. Yeah, yeah. if the world isn't crafted well, it right. can definitely be tedious. Um, and then there's the you know the Western RPGs which we talked about, which are generally more sandboxy, giving the player more options to on how to play the story uh, out as they see fit. Games like Mass Effect, uh, Elder Scrolls. Uh, Mass Effect isn't really sandboxy, but Elder Scrolls and then the Fallout series games. And then uh, JRPGs are generally considered more structured and linear. Uh, the player takes the role of set characters through a predetermined plot line and story. These are games like Final Fantasy, Dragon's Quest. Um, the difference being Dragon's Dogma, which we mentioned earlier, because Dragon, Dragon's Dogma is a Japanese role-playing game in Western style. So mm-hmm. that's a little different. I just wanted to bring that up just in case. 
So uh, let's get into what what we think makes a good RPG and what makes a bad RPG. I had, actually had a little trouble with bad RPGs because I could only remember one specific one that I played. Blue Dragon. Um, Blue Dragon was oh. an awful RPG. Oh, um, made me ill. It, it was a you know it was JRPG. I don't necessarily blame that because some of my favorite games are JRPGs. Um, but like I probably played some on older systems that I just don't remember. But this is a more recent one. I've, I'm also currently a lot more careful about what I spend my money on uh, as opposed to back in the day. Especially on PlayStation, I bought every new game that came out, so I'm sure I played other bad RPGs. But Blue Dragon is the only one I can think of off the top of my head. Um, and I didn't like the characters. I didn't think the story was particularly interesting. Voice acting was the voice acting was terrible. Um, I'm sorry, which game are we talking about? Blue Dragon. Dragon. Oh, okay. Um, it was like I like to finish games. I don't like to leave. Even if I don't like a game, I'll try and finish it. Um, there's very few games. Assassin's Creed is one of the more recent games that I just couldn't finish. Yep. Assassin's Creed 3. Um, but I couldn't finish uh, Blue Dragon. I maybe got like 20 hours in. I was like, I've had enough of this. Yeah. You played that too, right? Yeah, yeah. That was one of the few games you've led me astray on. Right. Because <laughs> usually you're my go-to. Because, well, for the most part, I mean, people have to remember, for most of our gaming life, we didn't have the internet. Right. I mean, not that it wasn't invented. Our parents couldn't afford computers. Or, <laughs> right. or, 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 uh, or uh, they didn't want us to have computers because they wanted us to be outside. Right, exactly. That's probably more of the reason. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, the, they probably regretted the day they ever gave me and my brothers a Nintendo. Right. You know, um, <laughs> but I th- that, so it was like you had to rely on magazines and everything. And even then, you're like, ah, what do they know? We're, yeah. we're here. We're in it. You know? Right. Um, but that game was just, ugh. Yeah. yeah, it was bad. Tedious. Corey, did you play any bad RPGs that you can think of? Uh, Final Fantasy thirteen, the first one. Oof. Second yeah. one was slightly better, in my opinion. <laughs> I have high hopes for the third one. <laughs> <laughs> You're a diehard man. I, I I don't know. I just I love Final Fantasy, and I I uh, started doing that live stream on uh, Twitch TV of Final Fantasy six, and that game is still it's. It's not even it's not even nostalgia. It's just such a good game. It's a great yeah. game. It holds up. It tingles. Um, I'm trying to think what other RPGs I played that I just didn't. I mean, I guess you could include Diablo three as a ARPG. Yeah, definitely. Yep. You're right. I had completely put that game out of my mind. Same here. Yeah, that, that was, was a letdown. Not... Yeah, that was uh, that was like survival reasons why you blocked that out of your head. Yeah. Not not a fan. Uh, 60 a, a lot of a lot of RPGs. I'm quick to drop. Um, but if I just stay with them, they they tend to get good. Yeah, yeah. Maybe may, maybe start off slow. Yeah, uh, I mean Nino Cooney, I feel might be an exception to that. I I really don't see myself <laughs> liking Nino Cooney at any point. Okay, J- <laughs> so, JRPG though, right? JRPG to yeah. the, to the max. Um, and I love I love that studio, Studio Ghibli, the one that did the animations. I love their films, but I uh, honestly I'd rather watch Nino Cooney than play it. Okay. Yeah, and uh, obviously um, Blue Dragon was a JRPG from Mistwalker, who had a lot of the people that were that were instrumental in Final Fantasy games. So that's that's one of the reasons why I wanted to get it. Um, I had not heard great things about it before I bought it, but I, I got it on the faith that Mistwalker had a lot of formal, former former uh, Final Fantasy developers. So um, I, I just went with it, and Oof, yeah, damn the con- damn the consequences. Yeah. And ended up not liking it and wasting $60. That was also one of the one of the first like 
360. there wasn't a lot of RPGs on the 360, and it was one of the early RPGs on the 360, which is another okay. reason why I ended up buying it. I think it even came out before Oblivion did, or maybe... Really? Wait, I spaced out. Shortly. What was that one? Blue Dragon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Still back on the Blue Dragon thing. I'll never let that one go. Well, yeah, because it was so expensive, and it was just so awful. Yeah. Actually, I remember being at your apartment and looking for a game to play, and you said... You can play Blue Dragon. Wouldn't wish that on you. I think you said that to me. <laughs> Probably. Not a boy, Will. Yep, okay. so I didn't play it. Yeah. Well, so I mean, I, I'll go back to, do we have time? Are we yeah. no. trying to get through this? Uh, no, not Fable. I didn't. I didn't really like any of the Fables. Really? Not even yeah. the first one? No, I played, really? I played them all, um, and I, I just didn't get it. I never beat any of them. I just, right. oh, I did beat the first one. Yeah. I just didn't like them. Really? There was nothing in there that... What I look for in games is like that feeling of I need to be playing this at all times. Yeah. I don't want to put it down when I'm doing things throughout the day. I all I can think about is the game, and none of those games just didn't do it for me. Hmm. Because I think the only one I didn't really care that much for was Fable Three, um, only because I, I like I felt it was anticlimactic. I thought the end of the game should have been, or shortly after the end of the game, should have been when you turn king. Um, but I thought their point was, well, people never get to be the king. No, that that was, but like the whole, like a lot of the marketing was geared towards the revolution and and overthrowing the king. So I was like, that's going to be the high point of the game is overthrowing the king when you finally do that. And then it's like slow, piddly crap. And then, and then it gets a little bit good, like towards the end. Um, but you know, I thought the the revolution could have been built up to be a little bit more than it was. Yeah. How much of that was Peter Molyneux trying to like make a point? Maybe. Do you think any of it? Probably. He's one of those nutty guys that... He just wanted to say, hey, this is why we have games end at a certain point. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He could have been trying to prove a point. I never thought about about it like that. I wouldn't be surprised. He's a dick like that. (laughs) But, no, that's kind of... Like, if if that was his reason, I respect the living shit out of him for it. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Yeah, um, I I thought Fable 2 was probably the best of the series. Because I, I, I thought the other ones, like, they talked a big game and kind of let down a little bit. Like, I, I still enjoyed Fable 1 um, and Fable 3, like I said. Yeah. Um, but I thought Fable 2, like, lived up to all of its expectations. Yeah, Fable yeah. 1 definitely, like, it, it, it was a little grindy. Yeah. You know, but... And it sounded like it was going to be cooler than it was. Right. But Fable 2 I thought was really, really good. Yeah, Fable 2 was good. My favorite of the series, probably. Yeah. I concur. Okay. Uh so what 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 do we need in an RPG to make it good? Good Will. story, good character development. Uh boy, what else? The usual things. Yeah, the usual. I'm big into character stories and main stories. That's why I like the Final Fantasy so much. Yeah. I mean, they really have to I think come down to like classic writing techniques. Yeah. Is like you need to have your round and flat characters, and I mean Corey Breath probably definitely could speak more eloquently on the technicalities of writing. But the, the hero's journey, like that the, sort of thing. Yeah, the, the hero's classic, journey. The yeah. classic. Right, you need to have your like your slapsticky type carrot moments in it, because if you have a game that's just dreary the whole time, it's like, all right, this is this that can get kind of. Wobing on, and I, you know, yeah. I, I like, and say, like, I hate, you know, we keep referencing Final Fantasy VI, but you're going through this, and all of a sudden, this weird moment where, like, Locke would get really bashful because yeah. of, you know, inadvertently hitting on Celis or something like yeah. that, yeah. or, 
you know, that type of thing. There, there was those, you know, quirky moments, I think. Uh-huh. Um, that's what I like to see in an RPG. Okay. Um, I mean, I know it's really hard to do that, say, with an MMO. What what about like a more sandboxy open world type of RPG? Because obviously you're not getting necessarily the the writing that you right, would be like in, in a, yeah like a Skyrim or a Fallout. Um, well, I mean, still there's storylines and there's histories that you can latch onto. Yeah, I mean it's not uh there's not there's the there's there's generally like a spinal type of storyline that you can follow that kind of links the world together that that's mm-hmm. like the stitches the world together because um, each like the mage college the thieves guild dark brotherhood all have their own like separate story line yeah. to it that that ties into the main, War- main yeah. story yeah because right. i mean it's just kind of like uh, it's uh, um an allegory for for real life in regards to generally people have this like backbone type of structure that they want to have their life following. Well, people that have the life that I normally associate with, like, middle class, white middle class yeah, or yeah. whatever, but I'm not speaking for all cultures and all people. But right. <laughs> for me and my, you know, cultural milieu, um, there's, like, that structure that's, like, a family, job, etc., and then everything else is kind of, like, ancillary but mm-hmm. still adds to the value of your life yeah so you're when you're doing a, like an adventure like skyrim or um you're you're doing uh even fable to a, a slight degree um there's there's that element of something still stitching all the pieces of fabric together mm-hmm. yeah Corey, what about you things i look for in an rpg yeah uh you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not big on any of the expected things. I feel like one of, one of the biggest things I want out of an RPG is a sense of, of wonder mm-hmm. and just kind of like curiosity about the world. Because I feel like, especially in, in a lot of today's RPGs, and we've talked about this on the podcast, they spoon feed you a lot of stuff and I don't want that. Like with Nino Kuni, everything is explicitly spelled out. I don't. I don't want that. I want to feel like somebody in this world who who isn't being handed on a on an expositional platter everything surrounding them, yeah. which is one of the reasons why I love Dark Souls. Yep. I had no idea what the hell was going on. <laughs> uh, one of the reasons why I liked uh, Dragon's Dogma mm-hmm. because there was nothing there was nothing in there that said, "Hey, this is what you're doing. This is your world, and this is you know this is." It was just it was just you being this character, and, and I think I. Go sorry, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I think it's I, it, the biggest thing is immersion and and exploration. I guess would be a big part of it, and and just that ability to discover things. Uh, you are you love the question mark. Exactly. Okay, I can agree and, with that. I, and I, I dig just it. as an aside, uh, one thing I really love about Final Fantasy Tactics is the ability to break the game. <laughs> yeah. And, I, like, the first time you play through it, you're not going to break it. No. Maybe even the second time you play through it, you're not going to break it. But you get to a point where you, you play it enough or you discover something uh, like the 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 Vanished Doom in Final Fantasy VI, and all of a sudden you feel really powerful. And it's such a rewarding thing, even though it's 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 not really a cheat. It's, it's kind of a... Exploit. A, exploit that you're, you're taking advantage of mm-hmm. 
I can see that with like Skyrim, you could do the same. With the... Yeah, I mean, I, exactly. I haven't discovered that in Skyrim. What I what I could do to break the game a little bit, but I've I I don't know. I just feel like that's a that's a fun little thing to to add, and it it makes especially it makes your... especially if you figure it out on your own. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and well, that's, have you ever that's what out? I love about about games in general. Is just you know the discovery process and and exploration and just yeah. Finding things out on my own. Yeah, I did. I did the Vanish Doom thing by accident one time. And I was like, "Holy crap!" Yeah, this I works. read about that in a right. magazine way back in the day. Nintendo Power, probably Nintendo Power. Yeah, the things I'm looking for in, a, in an RPG are story, whether it's story written into the game or emergent narrative. Um, I'm big on that too. And one of the things I like doing in Skyrim, and I think you mentioned this, Chris, and I tried it out afterwards, is role playing in Skyrim as your character. Um, rather than just running around in the world, blah, 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 having motivations for your character. And, like, I created this backstory about how my most recent Skyrim character was part of the Thieves Guild, kind of a, a, a you know, a, an upstanding thief. I would mostly steal from the rich and give to the poor. Um, never, I never killed anybody unless I absolutely needed to. Um, but I, I got a dog, and my dog was killed by the... Who are the bandits that, like, wear the antlers? The, um, the, the hill people. The, the, uh... I can't remember what they're called. Forsaken? Forsaken? Yeah, that sounds right. Something like that. Um, Forsworn, sorry. Forsworn. There it is. That's what it is. Um, my, my dog was killed by the Forsworn, so I kind of went over to the dark side, and I, I killed a few people, and then joined the Dark Brotherhood and became an evil character. So right. that was my, um... That was what I, you know, what I came up with as a background story for my yeah. my character within the game, and that's you know that's emergent narrative. Yeah, that's there. that's a lot of fun. I found that how it gave me a lot more life in Skyrim. Yeah, you let the game kind of help you with your back. Like you come off with a base story, and then let the world kind of dictate. Yeah, like I f- always felt like it. So if I got killed, say you know an adventure, what you do? Which happens? Mm-hmm. Um, like say that race, I would all, all immediately that character would almost be a racist. Yeah. Like, you would be mean to, like, orcs or whatever. Yep. And from then on, or, like, every time you saw him in the world, you're just like, okay, I'm going to just snipe this guy. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then the unscripted weird events that happen in a game like that also yeah. add to the emergent narrative. Right. And that, that's something else I look look for in a game. Um, and then, uh, like like Hori, immersion, if I, if I don't feel absorbed into the world, I'm probably not going to stick with the game, so. Right, because your whole point of playing a game is, is to get out of your exactly, world. Exactly, exactly. So. And what better way to immerse somebody in a game than to let them discover stuff on their own? Right. Mm. Right. You know? Yep. Which is how we should treat life. But do we really do that a lot? No. no. Why would we when we can jump into Skyrim and discover stuff? <laughs> it's, it's, a lo- it's a lot easier that way. <laughs> and cheaper, probably, well, in the long run. It's it's more of a, you know, a, a safety net. Yeah. Okay, that's all I wanted to talk about for RPGs. Anybody want to add anything? Yes, there's. You didn't ask me what game I absolutely hated. Did I? Didn't I? Nope. RPG that you absolutely hate. Uh, and it's it's uh, Star Star Wars Galaxies. Oh. And it's and it's because it broke my heart. Yeah. I'm with you on that. <laughs> I I still hold a grudge. Right. I mean, do you what RPG did you hate? Well, the only one I could think of was Diablo three because oh, I've been yeah. so disinterested in it, but. Being younger, I always followed you guys on what games you play and what games you really loved, so I never yeah. got to experience very many bad RPGs. Oh, okay. So for me, it's a lot harder to pick ones. So the biggest one that I can remember is Diablo 3. Okay. 
And uh, by the way, we played a ton of Dragon Warrior when we were younger. Yeah. Like, that was when we went for your birthdays. That was a hard game. We used to play that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That was good. That, well, that's when Corey wasn't allowed to come down and hang out. Right. That's too little. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't cool. All right. <laughs> uh, anything else? <laughs> I'm good. I No, I'm good. Okay. I think we covered the RPG genre pretty well, right? Uh, let's see. Okay. What about the future? What's coming in the future? Oh, I don't know. Um, I think, I think, um, like the Skyrim based type of like open world, but with multiplayer is definitely on, on the horizon. Yep. Some sort of co-op. Yeah. Yeah, I I think a game like Skyrim with co-op would be amazing. Yes. Yes. Um, I mean, even though sometimes, like, even though I love having that me time i also thought it'd be cool to like after getting through like the story on your own that's when you're able to finally take that character and and do a co-op yeah yeah and i thought that would be cool yeah uh and fable tried to do that a little bit you could you could have co-op by entering someone's world as like a as um what do they call like a stooge yeah dominion yes or uh yeah, I but, know, they not, did not but I can't think of that. But it was so like half-assed. Yeah, yeah. Sorry it, for it, any it, kids are listening. It, it, no, it's fine. Language is fine. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no. It's like I agree. Shit balls. <laughs> I, I agree as well. It's definitely. Uh, I don't. I don't see us having the single-player RPGs uh, sticking around too much longer. I mean, I, I think there's there's something of value to have a single-player experience with. Some sort of multiplayer component, and I right. keep pointing to Dark Souls as a perfect example of that. Right, that's great. Yeah, because but you know, but I think you can't completely abort it because there is the you know kind of the I just want to be alone right now. I want to feel yeah. like the best character yeah. in this world because that's what kind of gets me down about MMOs sometimes yeah. when I'm playing. It's like. There's guys that are just killing it right now. They're yeah, and even if you so make rich. a lot of progress and you feel like you're doing really good, someone out there will beat your ass no matter yeah. what. Um, sure, I play this for <laughs> almost a living. My mom lets me live in her basement and pays all my bills. Exactly. Yeah, that, that those guys kill me. But I still, don't get me wrong, I still love playing them, even though I know there's people out there that are better yeah. than me. That's part of the challenge for me, especially in World versus right. World, is... Um, you, you know, a lot of times, uh, if, even if you're outnumbered, right. I, I get a moral victory from holding out for a little while right. or, um, uh, especially, you know, when you have five or six people chasing you, like right. living a really long time, even though you're being chased by five or six people, right. I get a lot of, uh, uh, pleasure out of that. Cause I always thought it would be really neat where you would have like the Skyrim type world and then that merge into like a co-op mode where then like all of a sudden you're all the dragonborns for just a point of reference got together and they had to like raid a whole city. Yeah. And there's other dragonborns on the other side of the wall that you had to fight against with your characters and, and whatever. So it really comes down to how well you know your character and how well you can play the game. Not yeah. as much as like armor and cause everybody's going to find some of the best armor that right. you can ever get. But I thought that would be always kind of like a, like a King of the Hill type scenario or, I don't know. Um, the first Guild Wars was a little bit like that. The first Guild Wars had, like, a hub city where everyone yeah. got together, and then you could pair up and go off into the world. Or, like, Fantasy Star Online, uh, you could pair up and go off into the world and adventure. You could play just single player if you right. wanted to, um, which right. was cool. 
but I don't know about anything else. I mean, I'm not sure if uh, like motion capture stuff is going to change the nature of how you interact with the world in an RPG. I don't know. Um, Aluma room. Are you familiar <laughs> with the Aluma room? Uh, I think I know what the concept is. Okay. But I don't know. I, like, is it like basically a bunch of motion capture cameras in a wall in a room, and well, you're just it, it, well, well, we'll talk about it during the break because okay. Eric's pretty excited about the Illuma room. So oh, okay. we'll we'll watch a video for it or something during oh, the break. Okay. Cool. Um, so yeah, that's everything, right, Corey? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, uh, we're gonna take a quick break. The music you're gonna be hearing during the break is also by the Meat Purveyors with the song "How Can I Be So Thirsty Today." So we'll be right back right after that. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to episode 81 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. We are now in our feedback segment. Um, I actually was going to read it off of Facebook, but I saw that Eric, despite not being on, on today's episode, did still compile feedback for me, so that's excellent. I was going to um, do it, but he told me not to do it. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, it's a nice big writing, too, so I can hopefully read it. I can even read it. I'm still moving my laptop closer because it is still easier to see that way. Okay. All right, the first is from Twitter, uh, from Chase, who says, uh, this is an update, actually, on his form in February. He says, I've beaten Hotline Miami and Earth Defense Force 2017. Now I'm trying to beat Dead Space 3. Those so, are two easy ones to beat, Chase. Come on. I <laughs> I thought Hotline Miami was hard. Nah. No? It's short. Listen well, to it's you, short, Corey. but I, I heard it's hard. <laughs> Don't we all have that problem? <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then I'm not not that familiar with Earth Earth Defense Force, so isn't that a tower defense? Game? I don't know. I'm thinking of uh... no. It's a sh- like I think it's a shooter, either first it's... or third person. Thinking of defense grid. I don't know. All those games sound made up to me. So no. Hotline Miami actually was supposed to be really cool. It's a indie game, top down, like Cute. almost like the old Grand Theft Autos. Oh, um, but it's like really violent and stuff. It looks nice. cool. Yeah. It's on my 2012 games to play list. Okay. Oh. All right. I think, is that it for Twitter? Oh, there's more Twitter. Twitter? No, that's face. That's Facebook. Yeah, okay. Uh, moving on to Facebook feedback from Dave. So not not uh, Boston Dave, but different Dave. It says, cool website. You guys do much on PC. I hear Bethesda is taking applications to demo the Elder Scrolls online. Um, thanks. We appreciate it. Uh, the website 
probably will get an overhaul before too long, right, Corey? Depends on how much money we make. Yeah, well, we, we want to update update it a little, change it around a little bit, but who knows when and if that's going to happen. And probably not in February because none of us have any free time because any free time we have are spent being playing our four in February games. So uh, It's a short month. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's, we, that's, we've, go ahead. We've sort of gotten mixed reviews about the website. I, I'm the one that designed it, and I think it looks like crap. All right, I uh, like it. We, We've had some people that say, "Hey, it looks really cool," but I don't know. I don't, I don't really like it. Um, okay. But that's because you're an arty artist. We don't have a lot of funds to to outsource it, so nope, nope. <clears throat> uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, you guys do much on PC. I hear Bethesda is taking applications to demo the Elder Scrolls online. Um, and as I explained to him, uh, he's a friend of mine uh, from school, and. I told him, you know, me, Corey, and Will all have gaming PCs, and uh, we did. Did you, Corey, end up applying for the Elder Scrolls Online? You know what? I, I kept forgetting. Was okay. it too late? No, no, I don't think so. Will, you did it, right? Yeah, I did it like the third day. Okay, yeah, I did it, it pretty out. early, too. I'm not interested in it, guys. Well, at least to try it, right? Yeah. Don't you want to try it? Give it a shot. I do want to try it. I'm not, I haven't seen anything in there, though, that's like, oh, Corey's in a mood. Yes, he this is. This is the future. Corey's hating everything. Actually, honestly, this is one of the first podcasts in months where I haven't been in a mood for it. <laughs> That's true. For, oh, for the Elder Scrolls? No, I mean, Period. a lot of times when I get on here, I'm just stressed off, stressed and pissed off. And oh, I yeah. just hate everything. But no. today was pretty good. Yeah, what no, you, we, we noticed. What are your thoughts on the Oya? I got a message about that in my email. <laughs> What's that? On okay. it, from Amazon. The Oya? People interested in video games tend oh. to like the Oya. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't get me started on the Oya. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly Corey Murtha. He loves Oya. Anyway, yes, Corey. Rec- highly recommended by Corey Murtha, the thumbstick athletes. Uh, moving on. <laughs> Idaho Jake says, uh, man, oh, man, how do I start this out? I was going to leave a voicemail of me singing We Are the Champions, but I kept forgetting to. So how about those Baltimore Ravens? That was an awesome game. If Flacco didn't get the MVP, who do you think should have gotten it? Uh, I think Jacoby Jones deserved it. Man, that man, that man was a beast on Sunday. I could go on and on about how great the game was, but I won't. I hear some things about Witcher 3, and I got excited. Did you guys too? If Sony doesn't announce a PS4 in the at the, the future event, do you think people will be pissed and maybe not buy the new one uh, when they do announce it? Uh, also, if they do announce it, how long do you think Microsoft will wait to announce a new Xbox? Oh, one more football thing. Since 2009, whoever plays the Eagles' home opener ends up winning the Super Bowl. So I hope the Ravens play their opener again. Um, yeah, let's talk about the Super Bowl. Um, I thought it was a great game. I was actually glad it ended up being a great game. Um, I After half and after the kickoff return for a touchdown, I was like, this game's over. Yeah, yeah so did Francisco I. doesn't have a chance. And I almost quit watching it. So did I. Um, because, because I don't like blowouts in a Super Bowl. A game like that, I like to be close. So... Um, but then when the when the uh, the power outage happened, uh, I was like, momentum's going to shift on this game. And it was funny because John Harbaugh, you could tell, was really pissed, yeah. uh, yelling at one of the NFL officials. Um, right. and he knew that oh, yeah, it was, was going to kill. Yeah, he knew it was going to kill the momentum uh, that right. his team had built, especially from that crushing kickoff return. Yeah, because it goes yeah. goes from like a professional football game to almost like a pickup game. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so like, let's he, drink beers at halftime. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, that that was. I'm glad it ended up ended up being a good game. Um, the Ravens really impressed the hell out of me. I know I didn't pick them to win the Super Bowl, but I mean, Flacco. Um, got I, I kind of yeah, me. definitely. 
Um, I, I I didn't pick them because I wanted to be the contrary and pick the 49ers. So you picked a closer score than we all did, right? You picked a higher scoring game picked, than we did. I, p- I think I picked thirty. I think I picked thirty-one. San Francisco twenty-four. Baltimore. Yeah, it was it was twenty-one. Some, thirty-one. It, twenty-one. This is twenty-four. I think because you thought the defenses. I mean, the linebacker core on San Francisco and and uh, Baltimore are gonna yeah, rock it. Keep yeah. keep a little score. Well, you know, I agree with the. Jim Harbaugh was just praying for some miracle, and yeah. <laughs> that was a miracle that the New Orleans, like the city of New Orleans, didn't pay their light bill. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, um, yeah cause I, I think that definitely like helped San Francisco get back into the game, calm down a little bit after that. Especially yeah. the that quarterback. What's his name again? Colin right Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick. He, God, he played a amazing game. Yeah, he played yeah. pretty well. Other than the the, the interception, interception, he played great. I the thought. second half he was better, but he throws a nice pill. Yeah, his only. <sighs> The reason his interception happened is because he was trying to throw the ball too hard, and, and when he threw it, it just got out of his hand because he was gripping yeah, it so yeah. hard. I would hate to catch one of his passes. My hand would shatter. Yeah. How about Flacco, though? Like, no interceptions in the postseason? Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, that's that's like almost Tom Brady-ish. Yeah. Did you that's hear better him, than Tom Brady. Did you hear him screaming the F word on national television, hugging? I forgot. I think it might have been Ray Rice. Oh, yeah, yeah, and right, they, yeah. they caught it. Flacco was a cool guy. Yeah. Corey, Flacco. Flacco's my favorite quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> really? Is it the only quarterback you know? No. Um. I I also watched the game. Believe it or not, I wasn't gonna, but I was like, it's the Super Bowl. Why wouldn't I watch? Uh, and I was playing Nino Cooney for the first half. <laughs> <laughs> that mis- miserable pile that is Nino Cooney. Uh, and then uh, you know the second half started and Baltimore. Is that who it was? Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Baltimore <laughs> ran back the the kickoff. Baltimore Colts. Like, You're as good as Joe Buck, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, this is this is the Super Bowl game uh, over. And then I stopped playing and went in the our living room, and I was stressed out from a whole bunch of stuff. So I just started drinking and started watching the game, and then the power went out, and I was like, this is awesome. A bomb's gonna go off or something, which that's was I, wouldn't have been awesome, but no. that's what I was expecting. No, but, I was expecting some sort of track, like people were raiding the Superdome. That's what I thought. Yeah. It was. It was. I was actually, honestly, I was a little bit scared. I was too. Yeah. I ne- um, that never even crossed my mind. That was the first thought that went in my head. But surprisingly, there was no rapings in the Superdome. For once. For once. <laughs> That's good. That's because <laughs> tickets are too expensive. Yeah. Oh god. Oh my god. Football yeah. tickets. Said they were all. You got it. Wow. What? It's right. not good. Uh, we're just Tone kidding. It Tone it down a little bit. We're just kidding. Come on. Jokes on Twitter were pretty funny. <laughs> well, there's a lot of rapes at Raiders games. Well, I, I was just even talking about. I don't know. I wasn't I'm even thinking kidding. sexually. I was thinking more like, like actual football. Like, yo, know, they rapes. got raped. You know, oh. you guys are terrible. Somebody said that that's the most people to be in a dark area with Ray Lewis ever. Oh, referring to him killing somebody. The Atlanta um, double murder or whatever. Yep. That he only got a slap on the wrist for. This is a little off topic, but Adam Kroll always said that they should uh, offer free tickets to Raiders games and and round up everyone that that shows up for free Raiders tickets and throw them right in prison <laughs> <laughs> for for, uh, for like dodging child whatever. support payments. Yeah, well, or whatever. whatever, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, classic. Yeah. Where is Oakland? It's uh, it's east of San Francisco, south of San Francisco. It's right near San Fran. Does anybody right. care? No. But I anyway, do. it I was do. a good it was a good Super Bowl. Yeah. It was uh very entertaining and you know, I was rooting for the 49ers, I said, but I've kind of figured Baltimore would win. Mm-hmm. 
and they they just hung on. I feel bad for the parents of the Harbaugh's. Yeah, no. Like, who do you love? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not obvious. Dude, if I was one of those guys, I would be so pissed. Oh. Oh, my God. If Dan beat you in the Super Bowl? It wouldn't matter if it was any of my family members. I would not. I don't know. I don't think I'd be able to talk to them for, like, a month or something. Yeah, easily. Probably a while, definitely. Yeah, because, like, how much money that means for your system for winning and, like, <clears throat> prestige for your co- and contract. I mean, yeah. John Harbaugh is a commodity right now. I yeah. think both the Harbaugh's are. I mean, yeah. for them both to te- both both teams could go back. Yeah, I mean, and, and I mean, they were they were sporty sporting about it. They yeah. went to the midfield and shook hands and everything. But, but it was really awkward. It's like it was a little bit awkward. It's like oh, I'm gonna kill you. And it's like, <laughs> like I'm doing this, but I want to punch you right in the throat. Like if we were in mom <laughs> yeah. and dad's house, we yeah. would be smashing all the dishes, yeah. and breaking the furniture, just like my my brothers did. <laughs> yes, exactly. Even though we still love each other. Uh, so moving on, yeah, I'm I'm with you, uh, Jake, on the the Jacoby Jones. If if Flacco didn't win the thing, I, th- I think yeah. I would have picked Jacoby Jones too. I think John Harbaugh should have won the MVP. Yeah, for good coaching. Yeah, yeah. No man, they almost blew it. They went for that that uh, fake. Oh, that I love that. Yeah, that was awesome though. Yeah, but I like seeing that yeah. stuff though. Yeah, takes guts. Coaches yeah, don't like does. to do that. It does take guts. I thought when uh, Bolden caused, did he, he? Yeah, when he caught his touchdown, I thought it might have been him because I figured Flacco would keep throwing him the ball. But then later, I thought Jones when he returned the kickoff. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, but the wide receiver core for Baltimore's not shabby oh, at all. No, they're so they're, they're all sick. good. Yeah, they're all sick. Bolden and Torrey Smith and yeah. Jacoby Jones. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and then Flacco, Dennis Pitta. He yep. makes he makes Flacco almost Flacco in cases look good. But I don't know. There's something I wanted to say. I completely forgot. Football. Yes. Football. Football. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, the punt, the fake punt that they did in the end zone. The the kicker just kind of started running around yeah. the end zone. Oh, yeah. Do you think when punters are told that they have to do a trick play, what goes through their head is like, oh god. Oh man, I'm gonna get murdered. <laughs> but <laughs> but I'll give that no, punter he... credit. He was a linebacker in high school. Oh, was he? Yeah. Uh, so he. Okay, he's tough. He did really well too. I thought that yeah. he played that brilliantly. Yeah, he did. Oh, absolutely. He like he dropped down right when he was about to get about ready to get hit. It's like I'm a punter. Yeah. The only reason I don't last until I'm 42, it's on me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let myself get hit. And the play Dad has been talking about for football for as long as I can remember, the uh, field goal kick with no pressure almost oh, came yeah. into play. Oh yeah. They, if Baltimore had kicked off, the 49ers could have done the play where they fair catch it and get a free kick yeah. with no uh, no right. pressure. Yeah, yeah. I was a little confused. Why did he try and run that back? Why did he? Try I don't. To run I don't back? understand it. Uh, I don't understand it either, Corey. Probably because they wanted to win it. Well, obviously they wanted to win it, but he didn't have to run that back. Fair catch. Yeah, I don't. I. I. I, they, I don't know enough about that that rule. Did they did they not have enough time to run they a play? Time. No, it they was didn't. only four seconds. Yeah, they didn't have it? enough time to run a play. No, with that, a fair catch. Yeah, yeah, yeah but like because if you wanted to make any progress, that you would have to run receivers down the field, throwing like an out route. Yeah. to the sideline in four seconds. I don't know. The if that's Se- enough time. The Seahawks lost because know. they didn't have enough time because they got the onside kick at the forty-five against the Falcons, and they had four seconds, but they only had enough time to throw like a five-yard pass. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm, I mean, even when he caught that kick, he could have ran it out, out of bounds to stop the clock with time left. Yeah, but not enough time to move the ball down the field. Yeah, there wouldn't you have get been. one play. It's you're either giving it to the guy trying to return the kick or giving it to Colin Kaepernick to the, try and make something happen. Well, I'm right. giving it to Colin, Ka- Colin Kaepernick. Right, but like at the same time, like you probably would have a better chance trying to run back a kick than you would um, trying to throw he a ball even, deep he down the field. Try and lateral it. No, I know he should have lateraled it. I agree, but I'm I, you know I'm not in that position. I, just, I mean, I, we, I just, we all played in college, and yeah. we are all had some experience in the pros. I played one mo- one season of modified. <laughs> Makes me qualified to have this. I played argument. NES play action. <laughs> I'm pretty good at Madden 13. What? I, I don't know why they didn't drop the quarterback all the way in the end zone, and then throw it 100 yards down the field yeah. to the wide receiver. Yeah, like in Tech Mobile. Right. I don't know. That would have made or, sense. Or, or had brought Bro Jackson on yeah. and just, like, duped the whole field. <laughs> Back and forth. Yeah. Ran out the whole quarter. Right. Speaking of which, that one dude almost broke the league record by running the 109-yard Yeah, return. but it was they called 108. It, yeah, they called it 108. Yeah, that's So he didn't get the record pretty much. He's like, man, I should have waited. <laughs> I should have <laughs> I should have stepped up and caught that. All right. <laughs> a- anyway, moving on. Uh, the Witcher Three. I think we all decided we're we're excited for The Witcher Three, right? I I know I am. Corey is. I yeah. I don't know much about it. Witcher's no. awesome. It's good stuff. Uh, I think that's a game you'd like, Chris. Really? Yeah, definitely. The Witcher yeah. Two. Yeah. I have it. I just gotta play it. Oh well, when you're done with it, I have to borrow it. I'm I to be back in Mortal Kombat. It's on Steam. Oh okay. Because it was like five bucks during the winter sale, and I was like, I'd be stupid not to buy this. Yep. Thanks for letting me know. It's it's cheap now. Okay. Actually, it's on sale again. Yeah. It's on Steam. Yeah, that and The Witcher One what? were cheap. Yeah, it's like fifteen bucks for both games. Fif- yeah, fifteen. I, I said it at the top of the episode, guys. Yeah, you did. No, you didn't. Can can I can I, can I borrow fifteen bucks? Well, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I barely have enough <laughs> for my own stuff. We sh- we should buy it for Eric for his birthday. There you go. Or I, you can do what like people do with charities, like for your for the birthday they donate to charities. So Eric, what we did for your birthday is we donated a game to Chris. Oh, and here's a here's a card saying how look how happy he is. Here's a picture of Chris holding the game and smiling. I don't think I would be happy with that gift. No, if people like yeah, if somebody did that for me, I'd be pissed. <laughs> what, the, what the hell? I wanted that present. <laughs> like like people like they buy they buy milk for kids in Africa, and then they give their friend a card saying they got kid some kid in Africa a mil- some milk. Any like, anyone that's like pretends to be happy with that gift is an yeah, is an yeah. asshole. And it's usually like the elites or like the the educated elite that do. It's like oh so. We wanted to be very, like, we thought it would be good that we donated on your behalf. Yeah. It's like, don't make me feel guilty. Give me my effing present, Dick. Even if it's a gallon of milk, yeah. I don't, I'd don't. i be I'm, happy with that. Yeah, um, especially if it's chocolate milk. Yeah. Chocolate. Burned dairy absolutely. chocolate milk is almost like melted ice cream it's in a glass. Stuff. It's good stuff. By the way, Eric's watching this live stream at work, so hi, Eric. What's up, Eric? We love you. Especially Chris. Corey, not so much. Eric owns The Witcher too. We fucked up. Yeah, he does. Well, we were going to donate The Witcher 2 to Chris in Eric's honor for his birthday. That's that's the, what the plan was. Yep. Uh, Bane Hammond in the chat suggests that we give Chris Eric's FIFA 13. <laughs> <laughs> it does need... No. Well, we'll see how he does by next week with, with the 4 in February. It's funny. He also had another comment saying, I saw Eric play another game other than FIFA and I nearly crapped my pants. <laughs> that's another thing he said. Word. We're, pr- we're, pr- we're proud. 
It's always crap. funny to see people saying football, <laughs> commenting on Eric's FIFA playing. All right. Uh, moving on. Oh, if Sony doesn't announce a PS4 at the future event, do you think people will be pissed and maybe not buy one when they do announce it? I don't think that's the case. I think people will be pissed if they don't announce the next PlayStation. Oh, yeah. Like, like maybe they're going to announce the PS Vita Advance or something like that. Ooh. Like, that would piss people off, That'd I be, think, a lot. But I think it's like, I don't know. I, I think P- gamers are temperamental. They'll, they'll be pissed because they think they should be pissed. But yeah. when it came out, they'd be like, oh, sweet. oh yeah, I got, yeah. I'm the first one to get the PS4. Yeah, yeah. they're not going to care. Overall, I don't think. They'll be pissed for a while. And the, Gamers the, are the, genuinely docile. Yeah, the, the media outlets will... You know, cover it for a little while, but I do think they'll they're they are going to announce. Hopefully, it's not like a game lineup or something stupid like that. Yeah. Like, when was the last time you heard like of a gamer riot? Yeah. You never hear of a gamer riot. No, the people that riot are the ones that fight over the Xbox 360s sports at Walmart still events. Yeah, yeah. That's where you Corey? see people rioting. Or, I mean, look at it's Metacritic, man. It's user reviews. That's gamer riot. Yeah, that's true. Uh, true. <laughs> Sitting at your computer and hammering out an angry review. <laughs> I am so angry. Everybody's going to know how angry. Look how many exclamation points. I did that all caps right there. You see that? Yeah, that means I'm going to create 30 accounts and give this game a zero on all of them. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to downvote all these guys on Reddit. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what happens, too. So I, I do think they're going to announce it, Corey. Yeah. That's well, going to happen. down, definitely. Yeah. I don't, I don't think you can tease something like that yeah. and i mean it would be hilarious to announce the vita advanced but you know the, you, the, and that will that's not too far off i feel like it, honestly it could be a vita slash ps4 announcement and maybe vita whatever they're going to do with the vita is the focus and they you know allude to some ps4 stuff as well to throw the ps4 crowd a bone i don't know yeah i, I hope they be. don't do that i think pretty much ever like the gaming community has decided that the vita hasn't worked out. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's a good piece of hardware. It it's a great doesn't... piece of hardware. It doesn't have games for it. No. That's it really that's the problem. And that's, it's, it's too expensive. That's what uh, Steve Jobs had problems with that next. It was a great piece of hardware, but yeah. it just didn't have. Yeah. Not the not the stuff to the, what would you call it? The, the per, per, Yeah, peripherals yeah. to go, to go along. Steve Jobs. It. I don't know. He's the guy. The guy who passed away and left Apple a shallow husk of itself. How, Pretty, how long do we think it'll be? Not to interrupt. Yeah, I gotta get, get back on topic. We're running long here. Um, how how long do you think Microsoft will wait to announce a new Xbox? Uh, yeah. Balls in their court, man. They can wait as long as they want. Yeah. It, I, I if I was Sony, I would not want to announce first. No, that's just, if I'm either if I'm either group, I would not want to announce first. Yeah, it's almost like a drawing straws thing. Because yeah, because then then the other the other I, w- I don't want to say team, but the other company can um, look what, at what you know, like Microsoft can look at what Sony did and what what the, what people are saying they did wrong, and kind of address those concerns that people have in their press conference for their system. They should have to rock scissor paper and and make the Nintendo guys be the moderators. There you go. <laughs> Or make, <laughs> or make Nintendo go first all the time. Yeah. No, Dan, I, I think I think what you said is is really important. It's all about messaging, and you know, if if Microsoft, or I'm sorry, if Sony comes out on the 20th of February and, and says all this stuff about their console, Microsoft can respond with their announcement in in a meaningful way that will, you know, capture uh, or, or 
what's the word allay what people are negative about the PS4 for the for the new Xbox. Yeah, and you know, con- really control the the messaging, and they they have as long as they need to do it. Yeah. Do you think it's going to make a big difference though? Do you think, or do you think people's minds are already kind of made up? No, I think it'll. I think it'll make a big difference this okay. this go around. This this generation will be huge for both parties. Okay. And I, I, I mean, you know my feelings on the Wii U. I feel like it really comes down to the new, the new Xbox and the new PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, I feel like people are still riding high on Sony from the PS2. I, I think it still has that that momentum. And that's all they have going into this. But I mean, the Xbox 360 was a, was a great piece of hardware with a great uh, internet platform, uh-huh. and that's what Microsoft has going for it. And Do you it's, mean the PS3? The momentum. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. no, 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 PS3, PS3 has momentum I mean, I mean from PS2, PS2 momentum. Oh, really? Yeah. You think the PS2 is still that much influence? They just stopped making yeah. them. Wow. Persona 4 Golden just came out for the PS2 and was a fantastic game. Yeah. Honestly, I, yeah. They sold it's like... riding, Sony is riding the PS2 up against Microsoft's Xbox Live for 360. And, you know, wow. I don't know. That That's the way I see it. And I feel like uh, both of them have an equal shot. Okay. Call yeah. me crazy. No, I agree. Uh, th- I saw a crazy stat that la- in last quarter they sold Sony sold six million PS2s and PS3s. I didn't realize people were still buying PS2s, but apparently they are like new. That's what I'm saying. Either. It's crazy. So, the PlayStation um, Three outsold Microsoft for the first time last month, right? Wow. Yeah, I don't know. I think so. Overall, overall units. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, holy crap. That blows my mind. Yeah, me too. Which is not bad considering how poorly Xbox sells in Japan. True. You know? Yeah. Touche. I, I honestly, I just feel like it's all going to come down to messaging with the new consoles. Who gets who gets, who gets gets the best uh, message across to the greatest number of people? Mm-hmm. I know my mind's already made up. but Same, but it can be swayed. And I mean, it's it's even kind of silly because I feel like no matter what, the developers are going to make games for both consoles. Yeah. Aside from a few exclusives that we had this last generation, I don't yeah. I don't feel like it's uh, going to be too different. Okay. You never feel like you're missing out with the exclusives. No, I I never felt like I missed out. Other Very than rarely. Maybe one or two between. games. Yeah, there's a, there's a few games. Yeah, no, I I'll say I I will stand up for Sony's exclusives. I feel like in terms of exclusives, they're the superior. Mm-hmm. Between Sony and Microsoft. Yeah. Okay. All right, moving on. Uh, let me just double check. <laughs> okay. Uh, Corey's new roommate bought some toys. Any winners in the pile? Idaho Jake says Aladdin's fun. Thumbstick Athletes, which I don't know which one of us posted that. Quarterback Club and Ken Griffey Baseball are fantastic. Uh, Miguel in Spain said, I see a lot of sport games, but FIFA 97 is missing, uh, which is a game I still have. Probably back then, Eric didn't even know FIFA existed. I don't think any of us knew FIFA existed back then. Nope. I didn't uh, even know. Disagree. Those... Oh, we had a, I had a Game Boy game. FIFA on the Game Boy. Yeah, what was it, 96? 96. Yeah, that was a great game. I forgot about that. Yep. FIFA 96 for Game Boy. And then I put, I like Ken Griffey Baseball, too, um, because I loved that game for Super Nintendo. And great, Eric great says game. that he did know it existed back then. Okay, I I didn't uh, I didn't know other than a Game Boy game that I had, FIFA '96. I just didn't like the football. 
Yeah. My I didn't know why it. they called it FIFA. I thought that was kind of sissy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of that, did you guys see the report on all the, the match fixing? In what? Oh, soccer. Yeah. Yeah, I did hear that. That's crazy. Yeah. Well. We gotta, we'll gotta. we wait for next week so Eric can talk about it with yeah. us. But. Okay. I, I think that prize happens, little... happens more than we like to care or care to yeah. know. A little tease. Yeah. Right, Corey? A little tease. Um, tease. Tease next week's episode. Ryan says, oh, this is Ryan, I think Ryan in Iowa, right? Yeah. Uh, Ryan in Iowa's four in February says he'll be doing uh Warhammer 40,000 space Marine max Payne three, the cave and assassins creed three. Yeah, it is Ryan. And I, he put, puts it on the bottom. Um, so yeah, those good games. And then his update is, uh, yeah, I finished the cave and a uh, great call by you all, especially will, since I went with it based on his walking dead, the video game love and recommendation that I loved as well. Uh, highly recommend the cave. Well done. Will. yeah, I like to hear that. Yep. I like when my, when people like my recommendations, I don't like leading people astray mm-hmm. for video games. Blue Dragon I did that with so. Dishonored. I wish, I wish somebody liked my recommendations at some point. Which ones? I I wish somebody did. Uh, which have you made a lot of recommendations? Every now and again, I've made some non recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do more of that than actually recommending things. But that's just I as have... good as a recommendation, Corey. Yeah, what to stay away from. Yep. And then people that don't like your opinion, they'll just. Do the exact opposite of what you say. Yep. All right. I mean, to Dan, I recommend I recommend a lot of games to Dan. Yeah, uh, I try to play them, don't I? Yeah, FTL to yeah. the moon. Well, and uh, you recommended me uh, that one million game or whatever, ten billion or yeah, ten. I million. recommended that. Ever Eric played that? He really liked it. I liked Will, it. Will you played it right? Ten million. Yeah, I downloaded it. I loved it. Will's a teenager, and he has to pretend not to care about it. <laughs> All right. I, we also got five new likes on Facebook, um, which I will save for next week for the sh- for doing the shots. Uh, I have to drive Will home after this episode's over, so I don't want to have taken five shots in quick succession. Um, if I was just going upstairs, it'd be fine. But I'll do it. If you want to do, uh, we can save them for next week, too. I don't have liquor. I just have beer. Right, yeah. You'd have to chug five beers in quick succession. Can't do it. Right. Yeah, so I'll just do the shots next week. I'll I'll add them to my list and um and go from there. So uh let's get into our, our round table discussion. Uh I'll I'll go first. Uh where I call my notes here. Once again it's on my phone and I've got to load the app and all that fun stuff. Dan. What? While you're doing that, can you guys stall for a couple seconds? I really gotta use the gentleman's room. Yeah, go ahead. Right, I'll be right back. Um, stall, stall, God, stall, Corey. stall. <laughs> well, go ahead, Chris. I can riff on whatever. Give me a subject. Um, Bioshock. I could talk about Bioshock because go no, for it. I'm about to play. We'll, we'll it. talk about Bioshock later. Yeah. Okay. No, wait. No, we can talk about it. Now. You haven't played it yet. Yeah, right? I haven't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Bioshock. That was one of those games that the only reason why I brought it up because Will it's has right one on the table yeah. here and. I I liked what it did, but I didn't like it. Okay, you know what I mean. I see what you're saying. I I, I mean, you know me. I've never been huge on zombies. Um, I don't know. I'm just uh, I'm more of a werewolf guy. I guess I don't know. <laughs> no, <I'm> just, <laughs> you like sparkly vampires. I like oh, who doesn't? 
No, but but seriously, like I thought the the physics were cool and the type of the way the uh, the gameplay was was really awesome. But in terms of recommend, I mean, you would love it, I think, just because you like zombie games and like the eerie. I, I love Bioshock too, as well. Well, oh, so that's why you're playing it. Yeah, Bioshock One is a game that I put into my Xbox, but never really played. Right. I mean. And, like, that was another game that you recommended to me, and I would never say that you led me astray on it because it was a good game. I can recognize it. Like, I'm not sure if anybody else had that opinion on on certain games. Oh, yeah, definitely. You're playing it, and you're like, okay, I can see why people love this, Yeah, but it's just not for me. Or it's just not for me right now. That's how we we were dishonored. Like, I didn't really like it, but it was critically acclaimed. Right. Like, I just – it wasn't – I think it was mismarketed a little bit too. Right. Like it was supposed to be a little more open world than it was. It yeah. was very. It was a lot more confined than yeah. it, they made it seem like it was going to be. I didn't really like that very much. So <sighs> I don't know if you remember Dan. What? This guy. There we go again. What guy? I called out Dishonored. I wasn't. I didn't get it. Oh no! You you absolutely were right about that. Right. I think we said that. Yeah. And Eric was right about Diablo three. I got to be right with something. Right. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> You're not opinionated enough. Yeah, well, to be you right gotta on. you gotta stand up and say, "You guys are jackasses. This game is awesome." I try to like well, everything. That's what my. Well, just your, that, like you're in that mode. Yeah, you're soaking up the world. Yeah, you got to get your blood angered up a little bit more. Like <laughs> yeah. once you get to be my age, everything angers you. I think when you get uh, uh, married, that helps anger your blood. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad always, well, our cousin Louie always said you never fight an old guy. About 20, 30, 40 years of just pent up rage and aggression. Mm-hmm. Just, <laughs> yeah. And and just like, imagine getting hit by that. Like, I just remember my dad hitting me in the arm and just like it going dead. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I've been working out. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. And I think that's the same. Like, once you get that little bit of uh, guile and piss you know, and vinegar, some girl just <laughs> kicks you in the, the gonads every once in a while. It's just like you're like ready to come down and say, you know what? I might not be opinionated or her just telling me to clean up my freaking laundry. I'm going to get opinionated about video games. Mm-hmm. And Mirtha's let stuff fester inside. To become Fest- a mental illness. Yeah. Festers into mental illness. <laughs> yep. Right. Yep. Dan, Dan's eyes are starting to glisten a little bit more every time I see him. Get a little crooked. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, my first or my my roundtable discussions about some comments Square Enix made about the console market. Um, they lost 5.7 billion yen in the last three quarters of 2012 That's and blamed the shaky console market, saying it was quote primarily due to the increasingly difficult condition of the worldwide console game market, under which the group is struggling to achieve a fair expected return on its investment. End quote. Um, now, there's no doubt that the console market is a little bit shaky. I think I had read mentioned somewhere that uh, you know people aren't even bothering with new ideas or anything like that on the console market. They're going to PC with new ideas, and that anything that's not a sequel um, isn't going to sell. But um, Square Enix had a lot of sequels that came out. Uh, Hitman, the Final Fantasy games are all obviously not necessarily direct sequels, but are numbered sequels. Um, you know. It kind of makes me mad to hear them say stuff like that when really I think the the key to all their problems is just making better games. Um, that's that's the primary thing I think Square Enix needs to do. Um, they need to lower their price for ports too. Uh, 
is it eighteen dollars for Final Fantasy Tactics on iOS? Yeah, they released all the bravest. I might add. Well, yeah, that, that well that pissed people off too. But I'm not even going to bring that up. Um, and then uh, Ease Insane DRM. I've told you my problems with buying a legitimate copy of Final Fantasy VII for PC and not being able to play it. It just makes me want to download it illegally. Exactly, exactly. And I, I think that they suffer from a lot of that because they upset people with the. Like I said, I you know I spent ten or fifteen dollars on Final Fantasy VII, buying it legitimately from the Square Enix website, mm-hmm. and I, I can't play it because of the DRM is so bad. It's ridiculous. Um, so I, I, but I think all it really boils down to is making better games. You know, I, I think that's that sounds that's, their loss sounds really bad, but you might as well just told me they lost twelve thousand. Well, games. I was going to calculate it and I forgot, but uh, someone someone joked, "Isn't five point seven billion yen like forty five dollars?" But I mean, five five point seven billion yen is probably in the millions of dollars someplace. You know, probably I don't know fifty million. I know there's a lot of yen to you know not as many dollars but i don't know the exact conversion i was going to convert it and i didn't get the chance and or forgot so 45 dollars that's hilarious it's not, it's not quite 45 dollars but yeah it's it's oh, still okay. it's still quite 50. a right it's quite a sum of money so i wanted to get your guys' opinion on on square enix blame blaming the console market for their failures if you think that's accurate or not, or if you think that's PR spin, here's how can you how can you blame your consumers yeah. for your failures yeah. as a publisher? Yep. Yeah, and that was what people said. They're like, "Oh yeah, it's the console market's fault. Final Fantasy fourteen was so bad and such a disaster." It has nothing to do with that, you know. It, you, I mean, I get it. I get it. Like, what else are you going to blame it on? It's just, it's just stupidity. They're, yeah, they're sinking, and they don't know how to stop the, the leaks. Well, uh, Corey called it. He said when Final Fantasy All the Bravest came out, he said Square Enix is desperate right now for money. Right. And I just read this. Like I said, I don't know exactly how much money that is, but 5.7 billion yen can't be a small amount of money, you know? No, it's – yeah, they – Yeah, look it up. we'll look it up. How much was the number? 5.7 no, billion? Yeah. billion yen. It's, right. it's, it's, unbe- it's unbelievable that you're, – you're right, Corey, that they're blaming the consumers. They just need to man up and say, look, we've made mistakes in the past. We're going to turn this ship around. They need they need a leader is what it comes down to. A leader doesn't blame other people for their shortcomings. Yeah. And you know what? In today's internet uh, social media culture – like the best thing you can do is be honest. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Totally. Because even if people are pissed off, they'll at least appreciate you um admitting mistakes and you know, if they came out and say, "Look, we're sorry about Final Fantasy All the Bravest." Um you know, we're honest about the fact that it was a cash grab and maybe give some of that stuff away for free. I think people will be like, "Okay, whatever." Right. Well, we're going to do the- better. Yeah. The internet is not stupid. Individuals are stupid. The internet is not stupid. Yeah, if you're ignorant on something, it's like, oh, I wonder what other people's opinions are. You'll find them. Yeah. No, I Crowdsourcing, agree. man. Somebody says one thing that makes total sense, it gets more publicity than anything else. And, you know, all of a sudden, Joe Schmo in Kansas outsmarts Square Enix. Yeah. You well, know, I read. I read. Uh, it might have been on Kotaku, but someone wrote a letter to Xseed asking them to because they do the translations for games and bring Japanese games over into the United States. And someone really wanted this specific game. Well, you know, instead of giving that person a PR spin, someone from the company actually wrote and said, "Look, you know, we only have a few 
a handful of games that we localize for North America and whatever game it was, you know, it's just not on our list right now. It's not, not a priority. And, you know, the person was like, you know, thanks. I appreciate the honest answer. You didn't, you know, you didn't not comment on it. You, you know, leveled with me and said, you know, we're not going to do it. That's great. I think I, I might even said it, see that on Reddit. I don't know. But yeah, I was like, that's, that's awesome. You don't see that very much nowadays. It's close to 61 million. Okay. So that's a, Fair sizable now. chunk. Yeah. Let me make sure. That's a couple executive salary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. How much? Sixty one million. Close to sixty one million. Yeah. That's a chunk. Yeah, it's a chunk. Especially for a company that's released a lot of games in the past. Yeah, I mean and, and a lot of our favorite games came from that company. Yeah. But at, right now I, f- I like yeah, I love you for that. But grow some balls. And, well not only that, but it's not enough to make me keep buying their games. Yeah, you've got to Grow or die. Corey. Are you giving me a hard time about buying Squeenix games? A little bit. Squeenix yeah. games. Well, you, uh, it, in all fairness, you got Hitman Absolution for, for buying your video card, right? Correct. Okay. So I'll let Other that Other than that, start. the only Squeenix game I bought last year was Final Fantasy thirteen two. Right. Oh. Yeah. No, that was it. That was it. Don't admit to any others, Corey. Yeah, just that keep, was it. Keep uh, it did I buy Mass Effect? No, that's not Square Enix. No, that's yep. EA and Bioware. Uh, yep. I'm jumping ahead. That's my uh, okay. My round table. Well, I, I'm done. So, go ahead, Corey. All right. Yeah, that's a good good transition into mine because EA won publisher won the Publisher of the Year award on Metacritic with an overall score of seventy five point two out of one hundred. Ugh. Fascinating. Fascinating stuff. Um, so what they have here is they have the ranking of the major publishers, which, uh, the major publishers are those that issued 15 or more unique titles with meta that had meta score meta scores in 2012. Um, but it's not compared with the mid range publishers, which had, I believe seven was the rank for mid range. What? Um, seven, seven releases. So what I thought it'd be fun to do would be to, run through this list of of the publishers and and just kind of talk a little bit about the games because they they uh they say the publisher uh their best overall release, their best original title, their worst overall release and metacritic user's favorite. Ooh, that's pretty interesting. I like yeah. that. No, it was it was a good way to to divvy it out. So I'll just briefly run through like the top 5 major publishers and then we'll jump to to the to the smaller publishers. Mm-hmm. Um so number 1 was Electronic Arts. Their best overall release was Mass Effect 3. Mm-hmm. No surprise there. Uh, with a 93 Metacritic score, which is a little bit higher than I would have I would have guessed. Yeah, I would expect more anger over the ending, probably, yeah. in people's reviews. But yeah. yeah, Well, I mean, yeah, uh, Metacritic user score was probably very negative on oh, that. Oh, that's criti- true. That's critically, critic. it was... Because yeah. Yeah. of the day one critics. DLC, too. Do you think that, that they, uh, the user score would probably be considerably lower for EA than... Than, um, critic score. I yeah yeah. I, okay. I think I think it would be. All right. Uh, okay. Continue. I don't have that information in front of That's me. That's fine. I should have. I should have. I thought about it, but I, I didn't. That's fine. Go ahead. Um. So best original title for EA was Kingdoms of Amalur: Reckoning. I will agree with that a hundred percent. What was it? What was the quick category? Amalur. What was the category? Uh, best, best original title. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That was good. That was a good game. It's unfortunate, but worst overall release was Medal of Honor Warfighter, uh-huh. 53. Uh-huh. 
Metacritic user's favorite. Uh, so the user's favorite was Need for Speed Most Wanted, tied with The Secret World. Oh, okay. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. But I, I feel like the, the Metacritic user favorite is kind of kind of whatever, because I feel like it's the game that just, not necessarily the best game, but the game that pissed off the least amount of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. I feel like it's going to be that way with with all these publishers. Yeah. Uh, but I'll jump down to number two, right behind EA, was Microsoft, uh, who had an average Metascore of 73.0 over all their titles. Their best overall release was Mark of the Ninja at 91. Oh, wow. I didn't <laughs> know that was a Microsoft release. Wow. I didn't know either. Can you believe Mark of the Ninja was their best overall release? It's critically acclaimed. Yeah, it was. Interesting. Uh, best original title, also Mark of the Ninja. Worst overall release was Blood Forge. I don't know anything about Blood Forge. Never no, heard of it. Nor do I. Nope. Uh, and the Metacritic user's favorite was Forza Horizon. Again, like a title that I don't want to say nobody gives a shit about because I know people <laughs> love racing games. But I feel like I know what you're it's, saying. It's hard to let down. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't know. Quit wearing your head. Okay, I move on. <laughs> <laughs> Sony was number three, right behind Microsoft. Uh, seventy-two point three average Metascore. Their best overall release was Journey at ninety-two. No surprise there. I think everybody will agree with that. Best original title also Journey. Worst overall release was Start the Party. Point <laughs> Save the World. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Uh, Metacritic users' favorite was not Journey. It was Little Big Planet for the PS Vita. At eight point nine, really? That, that's really? that's the game you guys should get. Donate to me on Eric's behalf. Oh, there you go. <laughs> that that actually make him laugh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Eric. Uh, Eric actually said in the chat he tried the Blood Forge Summer of Arcade trial and it was awful. Going back to Microsoft. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Nice. So uh, number four was Nintendo. The big three are two, three, four. Uh, Nintendo was seventy-one point two overall. Their best overall release. I'm happy to see this is Xenoblade Chronicles at 92. Good. Best original title, Xenoblade Chronicles, 92. Worst overall release was Spirit Hunters, Inc. Shadow for the DS at a 43. I don't know anything about that game. Uh-oh. Sounds awesome. Metacritic user's favorite, honestly, I'm not surprised, is Kid Icarus Uprising yeah. at an 8.6. Well, I knew of, of a few people that bought DSs specifically for that game. Yeah, Kid Icarus is classic. That was Nintendo original. And yeah. Fantastic game. Okay, number five. Uh, this is the last major publisher I'll do. Is Number five is Capcom. Uh, their best overall release was Okami HD at a 90. Their best original title, thank God, is Dragon's Dogma uh-huh. uh, at 78. Their worst overall release, is no surprise, Steel Battalion Heavy Armor for 360 had a 38 overall. Metacritic score and Metacritic user's favorite was Okami HD at a nine point two. So okay. good on Okami, good on Capcom for Dragon's Dogma. They they and they had a few stinkers, so they must have had other games that brought those up because they had Resident Evil Six too. Hmm. Yeah, and that was a stinker too. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that was bad. So and that wasn't even on the worst reviewed one. Okay. Correct. Right. Um, so I'll just read the rate rankings at a glance for the major publishers, uh, starting at number one. EA, going to Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, Capcom, Warner Brothers Interactive, Ubisoft, Konami, Sega, Activision Blizzard, Namco Bandai. Hmm. And then the mid-side publishers uh, follow right after. 
the publisher that, or I'm sorry, the two publishers that would have won overall if they were compared with each other, uh, number one would have been Take Two Interactive. Yeah, they had E3.1 average Metascore. Yeah, they had a lot. They had a lot of good games come out last year. Mm-hmm. Ian and I, we, yeah, we always sing the praises of Take Two yeah. as a as a publisher. They just make good games. Yeah. That's that's all it takes. Uh, Telltale Games was behind them. They had 83.9 score, which would have beat all the major publishers as well. Uh, they had 19 total products. I didn't know they had that many. Telltale. Uh, third place for the mid-sized publisher was Square Enix at a 75.2, which would have put them right around the EA range. Uh, and then followed by them is Bethesda, THQ, Atlas Co., Exceed Games, Paradox Interactive, Focus Home Interactive, and 505 Games. Huh. Okay. So that's good stuff that, right there. Yeah, just the, it was it was interesting. I mean, you you can take Metacritic stuff with a grain of salt, but you you uh, accumulate enough like cumulative ratings, and I think you got a pretty good opinion of stuff. Yeah. As long so. as they're not paying people to rate them. Well, there is that. That's factored in, I'm sure. Right? The IGN. Mm-hmm. Critic scores. Do you know Game Informer gave Dead Space 3 a 9.75? <laughs> Fuck Game Informer. <laughs> One of my friends told me that. He's just like, I know they get like paid off by like GameStop or whatever, but that's just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. that's ridiculous. Well, that's it, like, yeah. What's that? No, no ties. Yeah, no ties. Well, Kotaku said it, and they don't do this that often. Said you shouldn't play it. Uh, I think Tina Amini wrote the review and said, you know, not to. Nope. Not to do the day one DLC and all the microtransaction stuff. Just stay away from it. Hmm. So I think she wrote like as a positive that it's fun co-op, but I I think most games are fun, fun with co-op. a friend. Yeah. I don't think that's saying too much. That's surprising. Always. That- it's surprising Kotaku gave it a no because they don't. I don't see a lot of games like it a no. No, I so, yeah, I'm with you. That one must not must be a real stinker. Well, because they only blog about the major releases, which are generally plays. Yeah. 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 Not in this case. Yep. Okay, that's good stuff, Corey. Appreciate it. So Take Two would have won overall, right? By far. Well, they had awesome games. They really did last year. They've got they've got a few this year too that are going to be awesome. What uh, I mean, other than uh, what you call it, um, Borderlands Two and XCOM. Oh yeah, that's yeah. two giant ones right there. Mm-hmm. Was there the Civ Five expansion? Gods and Kings. Yeah, mm, I'm not sure. But I think I it came you, out last year. I guess you, I guess you'd count that. Yeah. yeah. Did, can you look at their their releases? Uh, I could. Hang on just one second. Because I am curious what they have beyond the major ones. I'm sure there's some, like, Mark of the Ninja for Microsoft that we just didn't realize. Yeah, it was made by them. It was take two. Yeah. There's got to be some smaller... I don't know. NBA 2K 13. That's always a very well-reviewed sports basketball game. Yeah. So it's probably another one that's that raised their rankings pretty well. I don't know. I can't. I can't call it up early. Is, does Will have a what you call? We got Will. Round two? Yeah, I do. Okay, go ahead. Let me get it up. Uh, internet. Okay, so my story is on Kotaku. Um, crap. All right. It's written by Kirk Hamilton, and um, this title is "She Lost Her Father, But Journey Helped Her Cope." Now, 
for Roundtable the past couple of weeks, we've brought up about how all the fire on video games, about how they're negatively affecting people. Uh-huh. So this story is the polar opposite that I found that I found was very, very touching. Um, last year's standout PS3 game journey was an emotional experience for many. That was certainly in the case for Sophia, a 15-year-old who wrote the above letter about one of the game's creators, Genova Chen, about how Journey helped her cope with the loss of her father. So this is the um, what she. This is the letter that she wrote to the maker of it. Your game practically changed my life. It was the most fun I had with him since he's been diagnosed. My father passed in the spring of 2012, only a few months after his diagnosis. Weeks after his death, I could finally return myself to playing of video games. I tried to play Journey and could barely get past the tile screen without breaking down into tears. In my dad's and my own experience with Journey, it was about him and his journey to the ultimate end, and I believe we encountered your game at the most perfect time. I would like to thank you for the game that changed my life, the game whose beauty whose beauty brings tears to my eyes. Journey is quite possibly the best game I have ever played and continue to play it, always remembering what joy it brought and the joy it continues to bring. I am Sophia. I am 15, and your game changed my life for the better. Aww. See, it's how often do you hear stuff like that? People don't realize how often video games are being implemented as Fam- forms Family of, bonding. Yeah. Family bonding, but forms of therapy, actually. Oh, yeah. Because like, a lot of people, um, it's really... We're, uh, all kidding aside, we're relatively well-adjusted people at mm-hmm. this table and, and, and on the internets, mm-hmm. Corey. Um, so yeah. having that like goal orientation is really difficult for people. Mm-hmm. And I actually read an article about this recently, but go ahead. Oh, really? And, yeah. vi- and video games really help do that. And then, um, and I know with kids uh, that are uh, going through um, childhood cancers and stuff like that, they they're using video games as a means of interacting with other kids. Mm-hmm. And so all this negativity about video games is only because. Of agendas, mm-hmm. it's yeah. not because of the the cold hard facts. If they actually line them up, they'll see a lot more good is coming from it than bad. Yeah, bad in yeah. most cases, um, it's just the you know the once again the media spin on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a great article. Yeah, yeah. finding a scapegoat. Well done, Will. It was very touching when I read it. I was like, oh, that's so sad that she lost her father. But you know, Journey just. I don't know. Well, well, I've read studies that especially like f- when fathers and daughters game together, that creates a really strong, really, really strong bond. And because, you know, like what is a father going to do a lot of times with a daughter? Especially if they grew up with all boys. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. You know, like playing video games with them is something that, you, you know, you're going to find a game that you're both going to like. So right. that that's especially good for a father and a daughter to do. So it's it's funny that they that that was a father and a daughter because I've read that in several different places that mm-hmm. – um, Especially good for a father daughter relationship to game together. Wow. That's that's a great article. Yeah, sad but yeah, kind of like a nice little story. Yeah, yeah. singing the praises of Journey, which I really want to play that game. Yeah, me too. Because that that's, that's what I feel. That's what I feel it, like I missed out on from yeah. PS3. That's an exclusive that I would love to play. But and he, like just hearing all these stories, like Eric played it and loved it, and Corey played it and loved it, and yeah. hearing like story like that, it's it's touching. Yeah. yeah. I want I want to play games like that. Yeah. I don't play Eric, enough of them. Eric liked Journey a lot more than I did. I d- I did like Journey. Um, Eric loved it. I I liked it. I liked Flower more. But I mean, if you think about the title Journey, and compare it to people's experience with it, I forget who it was. Uh, somebody I think on Weekend confirmed, or maybe it was Giant Bomb or something like that. Said their first experience with Journey was that they jumped in, and and the way Journey implements multiplayer is that. It's you playing your game, and then if you're connected to the PlayStation Network, 
somebody else just randomly shows up and you're kind of playing together, but the only way you can communicate is by pressing one button and you play a musical note. And you can hold it and play a bigger musical note, or you can just press it quickly and play a smaller musical note. That's the only way you can interact. And and you can experience the entire game with another person unless you get too far separated from each other within the game. Um, but again, the communication is so limited that you can only make this little musical note. And if you think about the title, it's like the title of the game is Journey. It's like, and it's all about uh, life and death and rebirth. And the person, I forget who it was that told this story, was that they played for the longest time and then suddenly they lost this partner that they were experiencing the game with. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Oh, it was on Giant Bomb. It was, it was um, on Giant Bomb. It was, was that Jeff Gerstman? Yeah, it, probably. I don't know. Yeah, he's but like that. That is the perfect journey experience. That's the perfect way to experience the game because life is a is a journey, and in you know you'll experience certain parts of of your life journey with certain people, and yeah. they may or may not be around. And in the fact that he lost his his gaming partner was really touching to him. Yeah. And it was like perfect. It was the perfect metaphor for for this game. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's just why Journey is such a great yeah. game. Yeah, he's he said he was doing the story, the main story, with the same person throughout the entire game, and they were both going down a hill together. And he said he thought he was a little bit better at it than the other person. He got down first, and he turned around and waited for his friend to come down the hill, and he never did. So he turned off his PlayStation. hasn't played it since. Yeah. Like, what game does that? That's crazy. <laughs> Damn you, Journey! <laughs> uh, okay. All right, Corey, did you find the Take-Two stuff? Uh, I did. Um, the Darkness. Okay. Was another one. Uh, I can't get, like, a 2012... Um, That's fine. 2012... Uh, L.A. Noir was 2011. Right. Red Dead Redemption, Anything. Borderlands 2, Max Payne 3 was a uh, 2012. Okay. Uh, NBA 2K13, yep. 2012. Cool. Uh, you're right, Dan, the Sid Meier's uh, Gods and Kings expansion. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I mean, most that's all good stuff right there, you know? I'm looking at their list of games, and I'm like, yeah, these are all awesome games. Mm-hmm. And there you go. Um, all it takes is making good games. I mean, I guess that's the goal, is just make good games, but it's easier said than done, right? Who'd have yeah, thought? I guess. I don't know. Okay, uh, is that everything? I think oh, that's Oh, Spec Ops The Line was a 2K game? Okay. Oh, that's another good one. XCOM, we said... Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, bu- Bubble Guppies. Bubble <laughs> Guppies. Sounds awesome. Perfect. Nickelodeon Dance 2. <laughs> Team Umazumi and Dora's Fantastic Flight. I should buy that. <laughs> <laughs> What's that for? DS. <laughs> what else? <laughs> I maybe, didn't want, maybe iOS. I didn't want to assume. Okay. Uh, well, we're going to take a quick break, uh, play some music. The music you're going to be hearing during the break is also by the Meat Purveyors, the song TMP Smackdown. So we'll be right back right after that.
Welcome back, everybody, to episode 81 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. We are now in our What We Played This Week segment, which we're going to be focusing on uh, the games that are on our 4 and February list, giving you updates. Um, I, I, I'll start with Eric, actually. Eric beat Far Cry 3. So, Eric, I know you're at least listening or will be listening. So, congrats, buddy. That's one game down for Eric. Um, I started this week with, or on whatever day was the first. Was it Friday? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it had to be Friday. Ago today, Thursday. Yep, or Friday. Friday. So I started at midnight. I started playing Saints Row the Third um, for my first uh, four in February game. I uh, developed by Volition and published by the late THQ. Um, <laughs> before I get started on the game, I just want to say I absolutely loved Saints Row the Third. Yeah, uh, fantastic game. Uh, I think I ended up playing it that night until two or three in the morning without even realizing all that time went by. Um, it's very similar to Grand Theft Auto in a lot of ways, but it's 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 much better in in most of the areas that I care about. The first being character customization. Um, you can make a male or a female. There's lots of options, including customizing your character's voice. I think each. Uh, both male and female have three different voice options, which is really cool. All the voice dialogue is all acted out through those all three of those options. So um, I think that's great. I think a game like that, especially an open world game, uh, you need to have <coughs> excuse me, you need to have be able to make your own character. Yeah. Because I obviously was comparing this to Grand Theft Auto, which I did not like, and part of the reason was I didn't like the main character. If you don't like the main character in a game like that, uh, same thing with Red Dead Redemption. I didn't really care about the main character, so it's hard to get behind the game. It's hard to get behind the game, absolutely. When you make your own character, at least you put, at the very least, you put your own effort into making the character, even if it only takes ten minutes. It's still your character. Um, so there's the character customization, vehicle customization. Um, which I like. Yeah. Uh, I I'm a, I like cars, love cars. So that's that's an important thing to me. I had a garage full of all the different cars and tanks and whatnot that you can get. I try to get one of each, but um, some of them are a little harder to find than others. But I had probably twenty different vehicles in my in my garage. Motorcycles too, uh, ATVs. There's tons of stuff you can drive. Um, in Grand Theft Auto, you could kind of save cars that you found. But they would only save sometimes, like you had to park it in front of one of your one of your cribs, <coughs> and you could only have two or three. And I'm pretty sure if it got destroyed, it didn't respawn, or I had trouble with respawning them after they got destroyed. There was something weird about that, and I remember like losing cars that I got that I really liked. Um, so there's that. There's character progression in it too, which is important to me. Again, um, RPG uh, elements. Exactly, yeah. exactly. RPG elements. Uh, the respect system is like respect system in 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 uh, Saints Row is 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 like any experience, and you use it to it unlocks abil- as you go up in levels. You unlock more abilities that you can purchase with cash that you get in the game from beating missions, killing people, whatnot. Um, you also have a monthly income for capturing different parts of neighborhoods um, from the city, from the businesses and stuff that you own. Um, so there's that. There's um, 
respect system. Try not to lose my place here. Um, oh, some of the things you can you can add health, uh, regeneration, damage protection, ammo capacity, and gang abilities um, are some of the stuff that you can unlock with your with your respect levels. Um, taking over neighborhoods adds your cash flow. Gang abilities are another thing that is in this game that works really well. Um, you can have a vehicle dropped off to your local lo- locale, so you you know go on your phone, you call you pick whatever car you want or tank or helicopters um you can have delivered right to you which is awesome um especially if you're kind of off the off the grid a little bit (coughs) you can have a vehicle delivered to you no problem um you can call in for backup from your gang members uh both from your your homies yeah calling your homies which are you can call for specific characters or you can call for just a group of saints gang members to come back you up in combat um, you can also gather random gang members that are walking down the street. They're big purple. They're wearing purple clothes or they're purple dots on the mini map. Or, um, I mean, it depends on what gang color you choose for your gang. I, it's purple. Can't, you can customize the, the colors of your gang, though, right? No, it's purple. Purple is the saint's color. Yeah, but I thought you could customize that. No, it's purple. That's their color. Wrong. Yeah, that's their color. Uh, you can like customize the color of your clothes and stuff, but your gang is always is purple. I thought you can customize your gang uh, stuff. You can, not the color though. The color is purple. Um, that's right. that's been it's been that way since this first Saints Row that I played. Right. Go on. Okay. Yeah, I'm not stopping. Um, the but I think overall the best thing about the game is over over the top uh, <laughs> insane action. Uh, I one of the things that I don't think is good about grand theft auto is and this sounds weird to say but it's too realistic almost um in uh i'm sorry saints row the third there's combat while you're skydiving tiger escort missions where you're driving the faster you drive while you're escorting this tiger around the less it attacks you um to build up your your character's courage quote unquote um Japanese style combat game shows, mayhem modes also, which is you just try to cause as much destruction <laughs> as possible. And also I think one of my favorite things to do, and I, I know this is in the first game, I'm not sure if it's in the second one or not, is uh insurance fraud. So basically what you do is you walk out into a street and get hit by a car and you try to make it look more and more spectacular. And the more spectacular you getting hit by a car <laughs> is the more money you get for it. <clears throat> it's so much fun to do stuff like that. Um, the combat is much more fun and rewarding than Grand Theft Auto, um, only because you feel a lot more powerful. Like I didn't think the combat in Grand Theft Auto was that good, but in this one, it handles more like a like a third person shooter. Uh, it feels almost Gears of War ish, not that polished, but like it's kind of the over the shoulder view, um, and it works really well in the game. Uh, the story missions get more and more crazy and awesome as the game progresses. Uh, the opening sequence, like Corey said, with robbing the bank and it kind of goes goes awry. Um, I was like, there's no way they can top this. This is so good. Um, there's no way they can top it, but they do. The further you get in the game, the more you're like, oh my God, I can't believe the stuff I'm doing right now. <laughs> I like that. Um, let's see. Oh yeah. During the, during the first mission, you know, you're, you're going to rob a bank. There's a lot more resistance than you were expecting. And the people that are resisting, you have military grade weapons. So you're like, what the heck? Uh, Johnny Gat gets captured. Um, so after that, you create your character and go rescue Johnny Johnny Gat, who's uh, on a plane. <coughs> Craziness ensues. I won't get too into that because you should experience it for yourself. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, you land in, in Steelport and you be, begin to rebuild the Saints because they didn't have any any presence in Steelport. They're all back in Stillwater. 
Uh, but what in, like what endeared me to my character right away is at the beginning, um, you're on a you go on a mission with uh, one of your gang members, Pierce, and they sing "What I Got" by Sublime, <laughs> and it's just it. I don't know, like it it was a good song, and the way they were singing it and interacting with with each other, it was just like it was a ama- an amazing little thing that it's just when you're on your way to a mission and it's like good times with your buddies exactly it kind of it kind of humanized the characters a little bit because that it wasn't just game related dialogue they were just hanging out in the car singing that song and it was fantastic and that immediately when that i mean i'd like the game uh before that but I, like right after that i was in love with the game um so i did end up eating it does thank you uh it took me 33 hours wow yeah, uh, which is over the recommended or over the average amount, um, only because I did spend some time doing some side stuff. Um, it, well, the side stuff is so much fun. It is. It is a blast. I didn't do every all the side stuff in the game. I didn't do the assassination missions, or I didn't do a lot of the um, the challenges or the uh, car theft stuff. I, I'm still going to do that. Show stuff. Though, that one is a lot of fun. Right? Yeah. It, oh, they're all fun. Every every single little side mission thing are they're all a blast. Um. Yeah, it was it was an an excellent game. I would highly recommend it to anyone, but especially people who like Grand Theft Auto. I I think this is kind of what like maybe what what you would be looking for in a game like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's over the top, all over the top, ab- absurd, but like fantastic at the same time. Uh, it's but very, it's a video game. It should be right. Exactly. Right? That's that's, that's my what point. Makes it so much better than Grand Theft Auto, in my opinion. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I'm sad that it's over. Um, I was r- really like, I'm like, ah, oh, I wish there was more, but there is downloadable content that I will play. And I'm going to be returning to the game after I'm done with the four in February. I'm also going to buy Saints Row two. <clears throat> um, it's only $15 on steam. So I'm going to buy that and play through it. Um, and then Saints Row four, as long as they keep the same type of formula, I'll get Saints Row four. I know it's under a new, um, developer oh, publisher. So as long as they keep the, like the Saints Row theme of, absurd over the top action i will be playing saints row 4 too that's i like to hear <clears> that oh it's so good uh it might it definitely cracked my top 10 maybe even top five games really? of all time yeah it's what? awesome oh. if i had played it in 2011 when it came out it would have been my game of the year wow. no question i like um, that that's how much i loved it it was a great great game the dude that talks in only uh auto-tune yeah <laughs> there's a there's a pimp that has like a hole in his throat and he has a, a gold cane with a microphone on it and th- he talks he, all of his all of his uh dialogue is in auto-tune it's it's, it's stuff it's stuff like that like there's there's a, one of the characters that you get is a, like a professional wrestler and uh like one of the because one of the gangs you fight is just professional wrestlers that's that's what they are yeah um, oh, so good! the The mission when you when you take down the pro the pro wrestlers is unbelievable. So good, <laughs> such a good game. Um, I wish I had played it when it came out, I, but whatever. You think? Um, <clears throat> I don't want to cut you off, but do you think Grand Theft Auto will draw anything from the Saints Row series? I mean, what can they take from it? I doubt it. I don't think so. I think they're probably going to go with their formula that sold them millions and millions of games. You know? Yeah. I agree. Um, but, you know, I hope I hope uh, Saints Row doesn't try to go the Grand Theft Auto route. You know, that's that's more my fear than Grand Theft Auto going um, the Saints Row route. <clears throat> Did you – my favorite thing about uh, Saints Row the Third was the penthouse that I had uh-huh. where instead of taking the elevator down to the ground floor to get in my car <laughs> is I'd bust out the gla- glass to yep. the pool, which was on the outside, and then – 
jump off the building and parachute yep. down to the street. Jump off the helipad. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Usually what I would do is I get down there. I, I would jump off, you know, I would pull the parachute the very last minute, uh, crash in the middle of the street, get hit by a car sometimes. <laughs> or uh, two. Yeah. I would go punch some cops and then I'd get in my car and run off is what, is what I would do just about every time. That's amazing. Um, oh, it's uh, so good. I love, love that game. Can't I can't say enough good things about it's it. Like, that's why we play video games. Exactly. To do exactly. shit like that. Yep. Um, and, you know, the whole time you feel like your character feels like a badass, which is another cool thing. Um, I made a girl character because I always do. Um, and she was just a total badass the entire game. Loved it. Um, but I don't want to talk about that anymore. I'm, I'll move on. Uh, definitely highly recommend uh, Saints Row the Third. It's a great game. I, I'm going to play it once once I'm done with 4 in February again. Until South Park comes out, I'm going to play some more Saints Row. Um, I also played Super Meat Boy. Played for about two hours. Super Meat Boy is developed by Team Meat. Um, it's a strikingly different, difficult platformer starring Meat Boy, a uh, guy made of meat. Uh, one of the things that I noticed about the game right off the bat was the excellent level, excellent level design. Uh, I feel like they went through, you know, they made their game and then re-went through it and put traps in spots that they knew you were going to be. Mm-hmm. Um which I like. It adds to the challenge, but they, like it's like they knew what you were going to do, and they put a trap in there specifically to to foil what you want to do with with your character. Just to make it um, that much just harder. to make it that much more difficult. It controls very well. Um, it's very easy to pick up, but extremely difficult. Um, it's 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 more about um, being like I was explaining it to Will on the way over here. It's more about being able to do like physically what you want to do as opposed to figuring out what you're supposed to do. It's, you know, trying to get your character to do just the right thing that you need to do. Oh, there's a little bit of figuring out, too, but... It's more skill-based than... Yeah, yeah, thinking. I would say so. It's it's definitely more of a Twitch platformer than a thinking man's platformer. Mm-hmm. Um, but really good. Really like Super Meat Boy. That's the one I'm worried about beating. We'll see. Um, it said I'm, it's the average is 20 and a half hours. Like I said, I hope it's not 20 and a half hours because that would mean I would need to put 18 hours in half the game. So I hope that doesn't happen. Um, but if it does, you know, I'm going to try and plug it out. I also played Final Fantasy Tactics, too, for about seven and a half hours. Oh, I'm jealous. I just saved Mustadio, so that's how far I am in the game. I'm in the second chapter. Yeah. Um, kind of at the beginning of it, a few missions in. But, you know, that's what I, what I do is I play Super Meat Boy until I get to a point where I'm stuck. Um, and you know, once I get frustrated and it can't be something, I'll go play tactics for a little while and then I'll come back to super meat boy later. And that seems to be working so far. So I, uh, I want to talk some tactics. Where are you, where are you at? You haven't, you having problems with anything? I mean, no, not at all. Uh, I, like I said, I just saved Mustadio. Um, I may, I'm going to hard battle. Yeah, it is a very hard battle. I actually, actually, I had to, I died the first time or Mustadio died the first time. So I had to do it again. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, like really, what it is in that one is positioning when you start the battle. Yeah. So you can move up and into the thing and distract the wizards, especially in that battle. Yeah. But I'm making sure I'm leveled enough to be able to handle everything pretty easily. Uh, I have two monks, a lancer, a time mage, already, and a wizard. Yeah. Make sure you have a ninja. Yeah, I have to get a ninja because that one battle I got stuck on last time I that I played it. I you need a ninja or a really high level thief. thief yeah. What, so, what was that battle? That was the one on the rooftop of Rio Vane's castle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that one's real tough too. Yeah. Yep. Because you have to have someone that can go and disrupt it's, the. 
Un- until you get Orlando, the game is really hard. Yeah. I think I've gotten Orlando, but I probably didn't use him. I try not to use the game characters. I try to use my own characters. That's, that's what I do, too. Right, because it's more fun to, to use your own. Exactly, but I think what what's going to happen is I'm just, I just want to beat it. And I told Will when I'm playing Super Meat Boy, because he asked me if I want to look up how to beat levels, and it's all about beating the game. I don't care that I have to look stuff up for it. That's fine. Um, especially tactics, I've gotten pretty close to the end before. So, I mean, I've already experienced that stuff, so if I look it up, it's not a big deal. It's more about beating the game than keeping my pride. Tell me if you think Vormov's a good villain, or if I'm the only one that thinks that. Vormov? Yeah. Okay. Which one's he? He's the <clears throat> purple dude of the Knights Templar. He's the one who goes to Riovane's castle and, you know, stri- or tries to strike a deal with the Duke Barrington, and he ends up killing everybody in the castle. <laughs> How do you remember this? I don't remember that. I've played the game. It's been a while. You played it recently. So many times. I... I'm so jealous of your virginal brain. Yeah, like, uh, have you played Chrono Trigger yet? I have not, oh. but I have it on, on this. Yeah, uh, that's a delight. Right there. I have a brain that's so full of just bullshit and stuff <laughs> I don't care about <laughs> that I want to reset it. Yeah, I try not to fill my head with stuff. <laughs> That I don't need. I, I do, but I'm I'm with you, Corey. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, actually, one... uh, I'm sorry. I read a study the other day that that is a uh, an issue with with older people is that their brains are just too full of yeah, shit, too cluttered. That they can't. Yeah. I can see that. It's like a thing. Yeah. I can see that. So yeah, that's all I played. Um, if you want to talk more tactics, that's fine. Um, but I really haven't had any trouble with it so far. Um, I'm I'm saving multiple times too in case I need to fall back on a save. Smart. Yeah, because I, I, I want to make sure it's only one playthrough. I don't want to get into having two playthroughs, especially if I get late in the game. Oh. Um, so, but yeah. Did, uh, did you fire your initial crew in favor of a better crew? In tactics. Tactics. Yeah. Yeah. No, I haven't. I haven't gotten rid of anybody yet. But you know, once I fill it up, I'll have to get rid of a few people. Um, yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. No, I had I had actually had good soldiers to start with. Yeah, because if you fire the, your original crew, you might get somebody with better brave and faith. And if yeah. you hire them, yeah. No, I've 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 I did pretty well with my starting up crew, oh, and nice. then you get Alicia and Lavian too later on. Yeah, the, the knights. So the second half, uh, you hire them, you take their gear, you fire them. I've left them in so far. Remember when you get um. I don't know if you already did this, but uh, what's his name? Gafgarian. Remember before you do the uh, waterfall battle to strip his gear? Yeah, and change him into a chemist. chemist. I already yeah. did that. Smart, yep. smart. So he gets killed in one hit. Yep. Plus he has good gear, and you don't want to just let that no. go. No, exactly. And his nightshade ability or whatever it's called. Yeah, it's tough. And for Galagrand execution site, make sure you get a black chocobo. Yep. What's You're black... not there yet, are you? No. What's a black chocobo do? It, uh... Fire, yeah, it flies and fires like things, right, Corey? Yeah, but what you want to do is in 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 uh, or no, not Golgon Execution Site, the uh, Lionel Castle front gate. Oh, uh, yeah. oh, I've got a plan for that one. Yeah, that's the one where Ramsa goes one on one with Garf Garion. Unless yeah. you have a black chocobo, you can fly the black chocobo up to the top of the gate. Ramza can get on the chocobo and you can fly away and then deal with the the stuff out front and then worry about Gafgarian. Oh, I never thought about that. I always I just either. did auto potion with the chemist to make sure I only have like high potions. That and chakra. Yeah. Is what I did. That's which That's is why option. I did the monk. 
Smart. Well, Rams is That's, a really good monk. Yeah. That's what's so great about that game, though, is there is literally an infinite number of ways you can accomplish one of the, one of the missions. Yeah. That's Absolutely. a fantastic game. It, it is a fantastic game. It is. Game. When we raid our Final Fantasies, I cannot wait for that episode. There. Yeah, it's gonna be that's gonna be two or one, honestly. Yeah. Okay, that's all I played. So more of Moving that on. though in the coming weeks. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm saving to the moon for last because I know that won't take me very long. I want to get the try and get at least Super Meat Boy finished, hopefully by next episode. But we'll see if that happens. Yeah, and it's a relaxing game, and you might cry. What to the moon? Oh yeah, I know. I got to be emotionally prepared for that <laughs> one too. Going into it. Don't so, build it up too much. It's true. Well, I, I, I'm expecting a good story. Yeah. So that's a great story. But yeah, well, I mean, you can check Saints Row off the list of my my games that I need to be. Hey, all right. So that's worked. So we got two so far. All right. Well, what do you got? All right. So for my four in February, the first game I decided to play was uh, Borderlands Two because I heard it's the hardest and the longest of the other three games that I have. Um. Game's wicked hard, especially for me right now because I'm pretty under-leveled for the the main story missions that I'm doing because I'm trying to just mainly beat the story, so I'm dying a lot and spending a lot of money on reviving and buying um, ammo Mm -hmm. at the uh, random ammo whatever dispensers. Yeah, if you don't open... If you don't open every box, you run um, out of ammo pretty quick. Yeah, and well, for me, since I'm underleveled, I have to use a rocket launcher a lot to take down enemies because if I get knocked down and I have to do the second win thing, I whip out the rocket launcher mm-hmm. and fire one or two shots to kill something so I get up again and can run off and hide. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've been doing, and rocket launcher ammo is pretty expensive. I have to spend like 1000 to fill up on 12, yeah. 12 shots. But um, I, me and Dan... Weren't we weren't arguing, but we we're trying to figure out where exactly I was in the main story. Yeah. Dan thought I wasn't very far, but I looked up the main story missions, and I was only four from being the main story. Yeah, but I, I, I like I said, I swear you have to do a lot of side stuff to get to new areas that aren't considered main story missions. Okay, because the point where I'm at right now is I'm at um, what's the place called? For people who've played the game, I'm fighting the the bunker boss. Who that's when. Roland goes off on his own, and Lilith, Mordecai, and uh, what's Brick? Yeah, Brick and I are trying to basically infiltrate the bunker. And Jack's like, oh, the bunker isn't a thing. It's actually an enemy. And it starts flying around, and you have to try and take it down. Um, I'm stuck right there. I'm trying to kill it. I got frustrated last night, so I just kind of quit because I'm underleveled. But that's where I am. Yeah, you got to do side stuff to raise your level up. Level up, yeah. It's crazy. I actually got really close to beating it. But I was getting pelted with uh, bullets because they have, like, the robots fighting me, too, at the same time. I'm yeah. trying to kill them. And I went to jump down to the lower part, and I fell off the edge. And I, was... I know where you are. Okay. The bunker is the big flying, like, UFO thing. Yeah. Okay. Whoa. That's... Easy, guys. I still got to play through this. I know. It's not really giving anything away. No, it's just a big boss. Go ahead. That you, you'll fight. Yeah, yeah. Not giving anything away. But, yeah, that's where I am. And I jump. I went to jump down to the lower part of the uh, the base that you're on mm-hmm. to go buy ammo and buy health and stuff like that, and I fell to my death when I was really close to killing it, and I was... That's a hard boss. And I was like, ah, because it flies around, and, yeah. like, the critical spots are very uh, small, small on yeah. the thing. So I'm trying to fire rockets into it and missing, and I'm pretty good with the sniper because I have my... Uh, I'm the assassin... 
Zero. Yeah, I'm zero, and I have the assassin build uh-huh. you're going for because I looked it up, and that was one of the builds, and I like sniping. So I did that, and I'm get I'm getting kind of close. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's a tough boss. It, it really is. That took me quite a few tries. Yeah, and I, I keep <clears> dying. <throat> I'm hoping it's one of those things where I just go and do it like tonight or tomorrow. That's and I, how Meat Boy is for me. Yeah, and I'll be able to do it. And I'm hoping there's no school tomorrow because if there is, I'll be able to beat it tomorrow. Yeah. Hopefully. Me too, brother. It'll be awesome, wouldn't it, Corey? Let's hang out on Skype and play games together if you're not school. <laughs> All right, I'll do that. Um, right. But yeah, Borderlands 2 is really awesome. For some reason, I don't know why I didn't play it more when it came out. Because I love Borderlands 1 and I yeah. love Borderlands 2. It's a great game. Way way more difficult than the first one, though. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. And like I said, like Bioshock's like 10 hours. Alan Wake and Sleeping Dogs are like 12 or 13. I can do that in a couple, like, two or three days if I just sit down and do it. So and hammer it out. Yeah. So Borderlands 2, I knew it was going to be my toughest one. So mm-hmm. I'm getting near beating it, though. I'm not sure how many hours I put in, but I'm doing Bioshock next. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to that one. That's a good one. Um, The next thing I played was NBA 2K13. I've actually been playing this for a couple weeks because me and my friends hang out every Saturday, and they bring over NBA 2K13, and... uh. Oh, sorry, I had to take a drink. Um, That's fine. But uh, it's a very good game. Very good sports game. Jay-Z is all over it, everywhere, because he uh, produced it <laughs> and put the music in. He's every, like, cinematic leading into the game. It's, like, all his songs, and the random Coldplay song really sticks out, too. <laughs> I can imagine. Let me ask you this question. Yes. Do you think NBA sells Jay-Z, or do you think Jay-Z sells NBA? <sighs> That's a Good question. I'm going to say Jay-Z sells NBA. Really? Yeah. All right. I think maybe to people who wouldn't necessarily buy an NBA game, he might sell it to. That's, that's, yeah, that's my... Because literally his song, a lot of his songs are in there, and a lot of songs he's featured in are in there, and I don't know, he's just, he's plastered everywhere on it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to disagree. You're going to think that NBA sells Jay-Z? Yep. Well, because I know those are well-reviewed games. They too. are well-reviewed games, yeah. But for Jay-Z to be producing it and for somebody who doesn't particularly like basketball like myself, I mean, I'm not buying it for Jay-Z, but, I mean... Exactly. Look, Jay-Z's huge. Nobody's going to deny that. He is giant. Yeah, he, he is. He's a titan in the music industry. But I don't feel like a lot of people are going to pick up NBA and be like... Or, I'm sorry. I don't... What am I trying to argue again? I see what you're saying. So more people are going to buy the NBA game and hear Jay-Z's, Jay-Z. Jay-Z's music for the first time than being fans of Jay-Z. Rather, and, rather and than Jay-Z game. fans picking up. Right. I think you're right about that. Yeah, yeah. You, you're probably right. I don't know. I wouldn't say that NBA is selling Jay-Z, though. I, I think, yeah. Now that I think about it, I think Corey's... Or he's more right. I don't know. I yeah. I would I would definitely say that NBA is not well, I selling Jay Z. Well, you, I mean, you played it because it's a a good game and a basketball game, and you're exposed to Jay Z's music where you otherwise probably won't be. I mean, you probably you're. Not. Oh, I know. I don't like I don't like that kind of music at all. But I right. know all of his stuff because it's everywhere. Oh yes, yeah. Everybody. I, I would say most teenagers, especially my age, all know all of his stuff anyway. So yeah. I wouldn't say that. And oh. I bought NBA, oh, Jay-Z's songs. I wouldn't say that that's... Yeah, yeah but as a Jay-Z fan, I don't know. Like, if I love Jay-Z, I wouldn't pick up an NBA whatever because Jay-Z was in it. Yeah, I could see that. 
I don't know. Jay Z's everywhere in the game, though. We could argue. We could go circles in this for. Yeah, we could go circles for an hour. But anyway, it's a really good game. I have a lot of fun with that. My friend Dakota is insanely good at that game. He beat me by like fifty points and beat Tom by fifty points. So we only beat him once together as a team. We were the dream team, and he was the Team USA. Oh, okay. And Michael Jordan does not miss a shot in that game. What you do is you just drive with him, and he either lays up or dunks every single time. Uh-huh. Doesn't miss a shot. He's he's crazy. But uh, it's a fun game. I really, really enjoyed playing it. I would buy it if I had the money to buy it. Uh-huh. But I don't. It's a good game. I've yeah. heard good things. I've always liked basketball games. I yeah. Just... I liked 2K11 a lot when I played. I, I played and bought it and yeah. loved it. Didn't uh, didn't get 12 and 13. I kind of want to get 13, but like I said, maybe it's a summer game. But yeah, maybe. It's, it's pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. And as I said, Jay-Z's everywhere. Okay. The last thing I played is the Crisis 3 multiplayer beta. And Crisis 3 is the series that I've known about but never had interest in playing. Yeah. But once again, my friends were over, and uh, they like they wanted to try out the Crisis 3 beta. I was playing Borderlands, so I was like, yeah, go for it. They brought their Xbox, and they had a TV. And they started playing it, and I was watching a little bit of the gameplay, and it looks really cool. So I decided to download it, and I played it, really liked it, so I'm going to trade in games and um, get it. And uh, so basically, it was just a multiplayer demo, and it's so, it's it's got a lot of Halo elements to it. It's got um like invisibility and stuff like that, and the weapons are very future. It's a very futuristic Science shooter, fiction. but it's more <clears throat> I don't know serious than Halo is. I don't I don't want to say serious, but more I don't know more hardcore than a Halo. I don't know how to really explain it. It's it's Call of Duty realism mixed with the futuristic okay i I don't want to see where you're going with that or more battlefield battlefield would be a more realistic shooter than call of duty i would use that as an example but basically there's two game types uh one is capture the crash site is one of them and basically what that is there's a point on the map and both the teams the the cell and the I don't know what the other faction is, but they go to one point and try to control it for two hundred points and like each every five seconds you control it is like five points or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh basically both teams try to capture the point. And the other one is Hunter and uh you're on an airplane with a you know, your teammates and a hunter shoots it down and it's uh six V six and like your six of like your team is like the cell operatives who are uh, got got shot down and you're trying to survive against uh, six hunters and they basically are can be invisible and they have a bow and they just try to kill you and when they kill you you become a hunter. Mm-hmm. There might be more players than that than six v six. I don't really remember because I haven't played it in a while. Right. Because I, I don't like that game type as much as Crash Crash Light. But mm-hmm. um, basically yeah, you're just hunters trying to kill the other the other players and bring them over to hunters and then like there's one person left everybody's going after that one person okay um the things that are cool about it is you can have two power-ups going at once um so basically i have a shield and they're controlled by the bumpers so like for my left bumper would be my shield so you know i take more damage my other one is i can turn invisible at any moment but the thing is if you sprint with it on you lose it a lot faster so you have to you know walk really slowly mm-hmm. and stuff like that um I told Eric about it because I knew – I figured Eric might like the game, but I told him about the invisibility because of Johnny. Oh, yeah. And I think Eric said he wasn't going to play it after I told him <laughs> that. 
But uh, if you get close to somebody, you can see the outline of their yeah. of their you know of them very pretty well. Um, if they're on the blue team, which is the cell, it'll light up blue when you're close. If they're on the red team, they'll light up red a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, and it's got the basic Call of Duty. Battlefield, Halo, loadout stuff. You can customize it with all sorts of guns and cool attachments and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. There's only two maps, too. One's, like, Museum, which is a destroyed city. And the other one is some, like, crashed, like, airplane. And there's an airplane in the middle of it with, like, two little rooms off to... Or two buildings off to the side. Okay. I don't know. And there's there's vehicles, too. And I don't know how many maps and how many game types there are going to be, but those are the two that they featured. Two maps and two game types. Just a fun game. I'm looking forward to getting it. I, uh, yeah, I saw that the, the, the beta was out, and I, uh, I was interested, but I didn't do it. It's still going. Give it a shot. Uh, alright. I'll do it. it. You really only, like, you only really need to play, like, three games for you to, like, to decide if you like it or not, really. It is a shooter, so if you're not into online shooters, I mean... Well, I mean, Crisis, it's Crisis 3, and I haven't played any of the other ones, so I just... I don't know, I feel dirty, try, like, jumping in on the third on the one? bandwagon a little bit late, you know? Yeah. I, know. I thought about getting the other ones, but like I said, I don't have enough money to get them. Yeah. But they seem really cool games, and I know they're very graphically yeah. powerful, and even on the 360, graphics good. are pretty good. Mm-hmm. I'd go along to say they're... Like Halo, better than Halo Four. Really? Yeah, they're re- they're surprisingly real. I was shocked. Mm-hmm. And I know if I had a really, what's it's up? Also PC, right? It's on PC. Yeah, on PC, it's it'll be far and above beyond anything really. Yeah. That's that's what I hear from Crytek, mm-hmm. and they bought Home. What is it? Homefront. Home Homeland. Front. Yeah, Homefront. So for mm-hmm. them, them buying Homefront, I'm pretty excited to see what they do because, like I said, do you think they'll do anything with it? Uh, I don't know. I'd like to see them do something with it because their games, like, I mean, I've only played the beta for Crisis 3, but I've heard good things about it. I feel like they could do Homefront justice. Hopefully. I like yeah. to see the things get I don't know. Revived. I just, I feel like, okay, so every every game has this niche audience. Yeah. Uh, what was that game that was just recently getting shut down by Sony? Uh, Bullet? Bulletstorm. Bulletstorm, Bullet yeah. Bulletstorm. Just recently getting shut in, shut down, and I read like the Kotaku article about it getting shut down, and I, I went to the Bulletstorm forums, and it was the saddest thing I've ever experienced. Yeah, just like Bulletstorm super fans being like, "How could you do this to us?" <laughs> and here I am, like, I don't give a shit about Bulletstorm. <laughs> yeah, oh, that that is sad. That is pretty it, sad. It, it, I, it really I get was that. sad, and that's that's why I did it. But I I don't know. I just feel like. Uh, I don't know. Never yeah. mind. I don't. Yeah. I forget where I was going with that. But anyway, I get it. Well, Crisis is a more established game series than um, right. Bulletstorm, so they have a bigger following. Or Homefront, you mean? Oh yeah, that's that's right. That's what I was talking about. Homefront. Oh. I Home feel front? like Homefront. Right. I feel like if Homefront died, less people would care about it than the Bulletstorm crowd. Well, maybe. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I just I, like you can do you can. There's nothing about Homefront that makes it a unique, like... Experience. Experience. I feel like you can do the same type of thing and just start a whole new IP. Why would you waste your money buying the Homefront IP? Yeah. Um, I think that they must have uh, an idea for it. That's what I think. That's the only reason they would buy it. Well, I like, guess. Like, like, Corey, I think we talked about this last week or the week before. But like Corey said, you know, even if they had, like, a really good idea for it, 
um, to spend all that money on the home front name, which really isn't that established of a name, or, or maybe it is. Well, they didn't even spend that much on it. It's not. Was it? What did they it spend? Was, on they didn't even spend a million. I thought it was four million. I thought it was below a million. That's what I remember. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was like there was one that was like five hundred thousand. I'm pretty sure that like was that. it. Was that it? I, you want me to look it up real quick? Yeah. All right. I'm pretty sure it was THQ. that. Because I remember. I don't know. I, I, honestly, I just feel like if you're buying Homefront for seven hundred thousand dollars, you're wasting your money. One sec. I don't know. Right. I mean, like, why, like. Honestly, if you say Homefront to people that are familiar with the industry, I feel like that is more negative than it is positive at yeah. this point. Yeah. And you're kind of yeah. wasting your money. Because that was a game with that had high expectations, but it wasn't... Uh, it was marketed very well. Yeah. Didn't deliver. Right. Um, one sec. Eric's asking me if we talked about trying Starhawk for par- PS3. Did we talk about that? No. Mm, no. I think didn't I talk to him about that though? He Sorry. said you were going to, or am I thinking or of something Hawk else? In? I don't remember. There's so many games. Oh, Dust Five One Four. That's what you're I don't think to... that's what he's talking about. I think we're talking about Starhawk. Uh, yeah, Starhawk. We talked about it a long time ago. Starhawk. I don't recall Starhawk. I'm not finding. It. I'm just reading. One sec. Do a uh, search for. THQ asset auction. Yeah, I'll probably will do that if this one doesn't have how much it was for. Yeah, Homefront was um it wasn't uh What the hell was it? I can't remember. <laughs> I don't recall it. Okay, either. THQ asset auction. A home front brand in the THQ auction. This is this is convenient. La, 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 la. I've got it right here, but it doesn't say the developer. That's what we're looking for, right? Is a developer? Yeah, it was Crytek that bought Homefront. Yeah, definitely it was Crytek. Yeah, Vigil uh, was Darksiders. No, yeah, Darksiders yeah. will not be continuing. Really? really? Wow. Crytek Studios hired 35 of the deposed Vigil folks and opened Crytek USA. Yeah, it was it was 544,000. Oh wow. Okay, so that wasn't yeah. very much. Yeah. So I just I yeah, I don't know who the uh you're right though, well, Crytek purchased the Homefront team. I don't know the name of the team. Um the oh, name the, of the developer. The, okay, yeah, I don't remember either. For yeah. me, basically I mean, they must have a vision for it or what they could do with it. I mean, the crisis, if they're going to use the Crisis engine that they... I don't know what engine they use, but I don't know. It's like Cryo something. Cryo something or other, because I don't know a lot about their games. Yeah. I, I knew of them, but I never really played them until now. But who knows? They could do whatever. Yeah. Or they could just let it die. Who knows? Oh, Eric said uh, Amazon has Starhawk for PS3 for $18, and he might get it. That's pretty cheap. Was that like a piloting game? Starhawk? No, it was a shooter. Starhawk came out last year. Uh, yeah, I, wasn't it a shooter? It was early. We Eric and I talked about it uh, early on getting it, but we, we didn't. Okay. So, I don't know. All right. Is that all you played, Will? That's all I played. All right, Corey, what do you got for us? Uh, uh, briefly, Bastion played and beat it. Uh-huh. Woo! Yeah. In one sitting. 
Yeah. Attaboy. What is it, like eight hours? It's it's like eight hours, yeah. So I played the demo, uh, I, I think, like, before the game came out, honestly, and I loved it. And uh, I think we talked about it on this podcast that I really liked it. You told me to play it, or buy it and play it, so I did. Yeah, and then uh, I forget who it was that told me I should play it for my four in February. Was that you, Will? I think that was Dan. I told you for I told you Borderlands. Oh, okay, yeah. So Dan told me Bastion. Uh, yeah, Bastion is a freaking great game. Yeah, it's it fantastic. Is. It really is. It's. Uh, I mean, it's. 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 In my opinion, it's like. Uh, it's it's fifty percent art style and fifty percent gameplay. Uh, that's what really drives that game. The narrator is a great touch, but uh, it was one of those games that I started playing and I didn't want to put down. I I started playing. I was playing Nino Kuni over the weekend, and I'm like, I need to change it up. And it was Sunday, so it was the Super Bowl. But I I felt like I needed to live stream because I didn't really want to play Final Fantasy, but I wanted to live stream something. So I. I live streamed myself playing the entirety of Bastion. I don't think anybody tuned in. I did at any point. Oh, you did. Yeah, there was I a was few people that tuned in. Yeah, it was good. I want to say Eric tuned in too. He might have. Point. I don't know. I, I don't know. I didn't pay attention to the chat or anything. The, so there's the, there's a handful of people in there. Maybe yeah, I, Bastion's a. It's a fantastic game. I it's everybody should play it. Uh, I played it on the PC with my controller, which made it even better. Yeah, that's what um, I did too when I played it. The the main thing I, I really liked about it is, yeah, the gameplay is solid all around. The weapons are solid. All the the level design is solid. It's fantastic. But the shrine is what I really liked about it. And you can increase the difficulty uh, according to, to what you're prepared to do. Uh-huh. So I actually added two uh, idols. I think they're called the shrine. I don't. I don't know what they're yeah, called. Yeah, they're idols or something like that. Yeah. So I activated two idols in the totem. shrine. Um, one of the ones I activated made it so every time I killed an enemy, they dropped a mine, and I had to watch out for it because it would explode and do damage to me. And the other one I activated was all the enemies had a quicker attack. Um, but when you activate these idols, you get an experience bonus. So even though it makes the game a little bit more difficult, you get more experience to play through it. Um, so you get a little bit further. And, and, I mean, the game is kind of based around the idea of you beat it and you play again in New Game Plus mode. Uh-huh. But obviously it's 4 in February. I needed to get through it and beat it. So yeah. I will return to it, though, and play, and play it again in New Game Plus mode, definitely. It, um, it's a really good game. It's, yeah. it's fantastic. The gameplay is awesome. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I will say I didn't really get the ending. What what the hell is happening in the ending? I'm not really sure. You either. get a choice of what to do. Yeah, you can choose to save someone or not save them. Not to get you know spoil things, but I did save the person. This person. I don't remember what I did. So. Yeah, I didn't really get it. I don't know. I just chose whatever, and it's just like all right, this is fine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the end of this. Um. So yeah, played and beat Bastion. Did I get an applause for Bastion? Yeah, you did. So. Uh, Give it again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh. Also played a lot of Nino Kuni. I'm trying to get through that before I start any other ones. Oh, it's so difficult. It is so difficult. It's. I'm not having a good time with it. How far are you? Uh, ten hours, twelve hours, somewhere in there. Did you see how long it takes to beat? Yeah, it's like 
27 hours or oh, 30 that's, hours. Or that's not too bad. I'm about halfway through. A li- maybe a little less than halfway. Okay. Um, I, I was thinking like 50 hours for that game. I get it. I get why people like it. I, I get like the charm of the game, but the 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 limited charm of the game isn't enough to make it a good game overall in my opinion mm-hmm. i'm just not into it okay and in the the story elements it is so cliche it's frustrating i talked last week how like one of the uh the the um what is is it a princess of a town the the uh uh the oh yeah the cat queen or king i don't remember was <laughs> your meowjesty yes i remember talking like about where, that last week where i am now the queen is cowleafa and she is like a cow and she likes cheese and she's really big and <laughs> I, I don't know the gameplay itself isn't it's it's okay but it's not like revolutionary in any way it's very standard in a lot of ways and it's got like this pokemon thing that's like fun but it's just pokemon <laughs> okay i don't know i in in the game has crazy good reviews i just i don't get it i, I want somebody to sit down and, and like explain to me why i should like the game more than i do because i i just it's fine and honestly, I feel like once I beat it and forget about it for a few years, I'll look back on it and be like, oh, Nino Cooney, yeah, that game was awesome. But, like, playing it right now, there's nothing in there that is is really intriguing to me and I feel like warrants a long discussion, you know? Right. I don't know. But I finally got the third-party member. I finally got access to the alchemy pot, which means I can craft items uh, so essentially, I finally have everything unlocked and available to me uh, 10 hours into the game. Oh, God. Yeah. And it, it's frustrating. Um, but whatever, you know, I'll keep I'll keep chugging. I, it's my four in February, and it's ruining my life, but I'm going <laughs> to do it, I yeah. guess. <laughs> yeah. It's, okay. it's honestly like I'm just trying to beat it so... You can get rid of it. Move move on yeah. like i said like i already beat bastion um xcom i feel like will be pretty a, a breeze for me well that'll be more fun i can guarantee that it's yep. it can be a long game but it's a lot more it's a pleasure to play so yeah and same with it's borderlands come down to nino kuni and in borderlands 2 for me so i'm just gonna have to chug through those i mean i'm sure i'll like borderlands but if it's as hard as will said i had a hard time i talked to you guys about it i I had a really hard time like getting through one of the easiest beginning levels of the game. Yeah, well, really, what it is is you need to build up your character a little bit more. Once you start getting your abilities and 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 you know, kind of making your build, it gets it gets a little bit easier. Plus, you got to make sure you do side stuff so that you can uh, you're you're at a, a high enough level to you know kill stuff. Yeah, I, I am not. The yeah. enemies I am fighting have a skull next to their name, which yeah, means that's to really, avoid them. That's re- yeah, you're really, really low in level. Yeah, Eric says he's sad that you don't like uh, Nino Cooney. Yeah, I'm sad I don't like Nino Cooney. Honestly, <laughs> I, I was really looking forward to it. I and so many people like it. I feel like I'm missing something that everybody else is getting. I don't know. It's it's frustrating to me. Yeah, 
because I'm such a big fan of Studio Ghibli and their their animations. But I just the game is just it's a. I wrote in my notes. Nino Kuni guffaw. <laughs> that's what I have. That's all I have for Nino Kuni. <laughs> okay. Um, but anyway, the only other game I played, and I kind of want to talk about it a little bit because we haven't talked about it in a while, is NHL 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played Nino. I talked about it a little. Bit. I might have been off air, but I played Nino Kuni for a few hours and then played Magic Cards with one of my roommates and came back and Nino Kuni had reset on me because my my PlayStation went into sleep mode. Um, so I had to, had to retrack like an hour and a half worth of gameplay and Nino Kuni. So I was just like, screw this. I'm just going to play some hockey. Uh, let's, let's see what happens. So I booted up NHL 13 and I played it and I enjoyed it, but like, I keep going back to Dan's NHL 12 review when he said, gone are the days of highlight reel goals. And, and that's what makes those games so much fun. And they're gone. Like, yeah, Every goal in I probably played like five or six games. Every goal in those five or six games was just some bullshit like weird angle shot that happened to go in, and nothing was exciting about it, and it was so frustrating. Yeah, there's a lot of tip in goals or you know garbage goals that are batted in, which is realistic. It is realistic. But that's not but what, it's not fun, right? Exactly. You don't want to play that in a video game. You're playing a video game to have it be exciting. You know, I mean, I. I don't like, I don't like a lot of like really strict simulation lifelike stuff when I'm playing a video game because I'm playing a video game to escape reality. I, I actually think one of our one of our listeners tweeted something very similar to that. Oh, it was Chase who said, you know, I don't play, I don't, I don't know what he was, what game he was referring to, but he's like, I don't play video games to have them be like lifelike. I want you know crazy things to happen, which is once again yeah. why I like Saints Row better than Grand Theft Auto. It's 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 more ridiculous in every way and and awesome because of that. You know, exactly. I'm mm-hmm. with you 100. percent And in as much like NHL 13 can, it's like a chess match on ice because you adapt to your your opponent and and he adapts to you and whoever does the best adaptation will win the game. But at the same time, like there's never that moment of, yeah, that was awesome. It's just like, oh, I just managed to chip one in. You know, it's, yeah. it's, there's nothing exciting about it. There's, it's really frustrating. There's no like breaking in along the boards and, and skating around the defenseman and doing an awesome deke and then roofing it, no. you know? It's just some bullshit goal. And a lot of times what happens is it goes to a fucking shootout, which is <laughs> the worst experience in the nhl series the shootouts are terrible it's like every honestly i played four games in the last two days and three of them went to the shootout yeah and i was just like this is stupid because i never win the shootout to begin with right but it's just it's not fun yeah it's sad that is really sad i'm thinking (laughs) about trading it in towards crisis there you go get rid of it now while it's still got some value well i thought about trading mine in for to get nino cooney but i only got like fifth i would have only gotten like 15 dollars for it so i was like i'll just keep it i'll probably play it a few more times really god yeah murder we had a black ops too we had uh in the chat Bane Hammondax asked if we uh saw the nfl bad lip reading on youtube no i haven't seen it yet i saw it yeah, it's hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, you got to see it. My my wife loves it. She keeps trying to get me to watch. I'm like, I'll watch it later, and then I never do. So I it's w- fantastic. I'll, I'll try and watch it. It's really funny. Okay. All right. What? Anything else, Corey? 
Uh, my girlfriend just texted me, I'm ducking drunk making a pizza. If you poo, you don't answer. I might fall asleep. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Dr- drunk and making a pizza? <laughs> Whatever that Th- means. That sounds yeah, awesome to know. me. <laughs> That's the life right there. Yeah. Okay. She's still in college. She gets a pass. Right. Well, even if she wasn't. Even if that was me at, <laughs> even if that was me at 29, I'd be fine. Okay. Anything else? No, I'm good. Okay. All right. Well, let's uh, go through our end of the end of the show rigmarole. Uh, our Facebook page is facebook.com/slash/thumbstickathletes. Oh, be sure to keep us posted on your four and February games too. Um, we're uh, we'll we'll be updating our 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 graph infographic. Is that what it's called? Whatever. Yeah, uh, we'll be updating Why our uh, updating our our graphic with with our games that we've beaten. On if it, not so. tonight, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, because it's kind of late now. So, um, be our Facebook page face Facebook page is facebook dot com slash thumbstick athletes, and uh, our Twitter is twitter dot com slash ts athletes or at capital T capital S athletes. Uh, our website is www dot thumbstick athletes dot com. Our Google Voice number is 607-527-0547. As always, we need intros for the show to go before the opening music. So leave us one of those on our voicemail. Or you can email it, like record it direct, like on your cell phone and, and email it to us um, at thumbstickathletes at gmail.com. You can also send us direct emails um, there too. If you're going to be ordering anything from Amazon, like the upcoming South Park, The Stick of Truth, or... Bioshock Infinite's coming out at the end of next month. Uh, if you're going to order those from Amazon, be sure to click through our ban- Amazon banner on our website so we get a little little kickback from Amazon. Um, help fund the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. Uh, be sure to clear your Amazon-related cookies first, though. And um, that goes a long way for us. Absolutely. So, uh, if you're considering buying anything through Amazon, do it through us. Yeah, yeah it helps helps a lot, definitely. Um, I think that's everything, right? I know I ask this every week, but yeah, yeah I, I always feel like I'm forgetting something. So anyway, uh, that'll do it for episode 81 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Will. I'm Corey. Uh, thanks for listening, and get out of my basement. One, two, three, four.